What's up, everybody? Episode 76 of the All You Can Hear podcast. I am one of your five co-hosts, Tanner. And with me, as per usual, I got... Colt. Wenzel. Uh, my name's Cody. It's adjectiveless Pat. That's definitely a made-up word. Yeah. Definitely. There's no way There's no For way sure. that's real. What does that mean? Without an adjective. Without an adjective. Oh, Wow. <laughs> Start <guess>. over. <laughs> oh. um, so today, uh, as you know, we're doing a whole like horror-themed month in October. So today, we are going to be talking about some serial killers. I do want to give a warning just before we start that there are going to be some explicit details in this podcast about a wide variety of things. There will be, there will be poppers with, you know, little content warnings before we get into said details but just wanted to give everybody that warning before we actually start the show if you are sensitive to anything that may trigger you this podcast will include will have but i don't know what the, what's the disclaimer there no, will include probably some rape uh, probably probably some murder definitely some murder yeah maybe some serial murder yeah Definitely some serial murder. Uh, maybe involves some something touchy subjects. Yeah, and so. uh, you should be warned. Uh, but if you are want to join us for this today, we we we, we did some yeah. we did some research. We did we some liked research. Our, we liked our cryptid episode. I feel like we I feel like we might you might like this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, this week we're actually going to do it. So last week we did an alphabetical order. This week we're doing reverse alphabetical order. Two weeks ago. No, because this comes out tomorrow. One what? week ago. The timeline oh of this, yeah. of this podcast. So b- before we all we recorded kind of weird. So we recorded episode seventy seven before this episode seventy six. Uh, oh my god! For the, the whole canon's messed up. But anyways, so today we will actually be starting with Wenzel uh, with his oh hey pre- presentation to the class. Uh, all right. Oh, that was it. <laughs> Wenzel forgot um, to do the paper. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So yeah, again. Warning, there is, uh, I'm no, I don't get too detailed, but just ahead, trigger warning. There's some stuff in here that you might not like, might be sensitive to, so let's get into it. Uh, I got all of this uh, from biography.com, Wikipedia, and this other website called Bustle, and my... <laughs> <laughs> this is a little spoiler. We've, we've all, like, Murderpedia, have not even heard of Bustle. <laughs> I, I don't it's know. It's supposed to look at a hip, trendy website. For, oh, that's yeah. like a dance. It, it's, it's like Odyssey Online, it looks like. I was thinking it was going to be, like... I for some reason thinking hustler. I don't. I was thinking I was gonna find some boobs on this website. <laughs> no, uh, I looked. At, I just looked at ten lesser known serial killers, and it took me to Bustle. So, oh, okay. but okay. Top ten serial killers you've never heard. It was actually kind of like a Buzzfeed <laughs> thing. Went to watch the Watch Mojo video for a serial killer, or like a Buzzfeed thing. Like, <laughs> I mean, that <laughs> might have said less. Okay, never mind. That's probably actually a Watch Mojo. Video. Yeah, it probably, yeah, is. probably we're is. Gonna, By the way, we're gonna laugh and cut up. We're gonna we're gonna laugh and yeah, cut up yeah, on this podcast. Uh, this right. isn't gonna be a somber podcast, but just so you know, we're gonna we're gonna. Be respectful. Yeah, we're gonna be respectful towards the victims, but the fuck the serial killers, fuck them. They're awful. Yeah, I know that's a hot take, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I did mine on Andre Chicolito. I hope I'm saying that right. He just disrespect the shit out of him. Okay, fuck it. (laughs) Um, AKA the Rustov Ripper, the Butcher of Rustov, or the Red Ripper. So yeah, let's get into it. Uh, early life. He was born on October 16, 1936 in Ukraine uh, dur- in the USSR during, you know, the communist uh, Russia era. 
really? <laughs> um, there's a lot of famine, widespread hardship, kind of decimated the uh, population at the time because Ukraine was known as the breadbasket um, of the USSR. So, yeah. So, it kind of, like, influences early childhood. Uh, uh, what years are these again? This, uh, he was born in 1936, and okay. we're just, I'm just going to go over. Uh, he suffered, uh, he's believed to have suffered from hydrocephalus, which is just water on the brain uh, at birth, which caused him genital urinary tract problems later in life, including mm. bedwetting uh, into his late adolescence, and later the inability to sustain an erection, although he was able to ejaculate. I Fun fact. No, they could make you, like, suffer long-term bedwetting yeah their neurological effects fun fact okay this is some stuff that i found out just based out i'm gonna go off of that real quick uh erectile dysfunction or being not able to be able to basically get it up or use your penis is a very big factor in serial killers yeah it's huge factor it's really weird you at least three of us at this table i was about to say it's probably a very common thing especially i mean obviously in male serial killers. also the whole bedwetting thing uh, is a part of something called the McDonald Triad, which I'll go into a little bit more. But bedwetting um, is one of the three created by a guy named something McDonald. It's somewhere in my notes. Uh, he, oh McDonald, uh, <laughs> Ronald. He he created uh, he created this like this kind of a litmus test for being able to uh, tell if a kid is going to become a serial killer. The three include bedwetting, arson. And uh, animal mutilation. Yeah, man, those seem like three very different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they're all like related. I mean, yeah, I mean, I get yeah, it. Which, Again, this is nineteen sixty-three. But now, yeah. but now if so. if somebody did like, it doesn't mean like they have to do all three of those things. Yeah. If they do one of those things, uh, then they're most likely going to be a serial. No, they have to. It's usually all. Oh, three. they have to be all yeah, three. They have to meet all three. Oh. Oh. Well, usually I hear like when I hear about somebody like killing like animals. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Well, sure, like, that's the big one, but I couldn't imagine going up to a kid and be like, man, this kid is pissing his pants a lot in bed. It's continuous It's continuous bedwetting after the age of eight or nine. Mm. Yeah, sometimes I think about uh, whenever I was a kid, I remember there was this one kid who just loved to stomp on toads. It made me so upset. Jesus Christ. I, yeah, I was like five. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, well, I remember. How uh, many frogs were you around? That's a a lot. Question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but okay. Anyway, so... Um, and something else, he was the focus of school bullying for his uh, what was known as his father's cowardice. And if you don't know, uh, this is uh, he. This was during World War II, and his father was conscripted to fight in the war. And if for um, for the Russians, if you ever got captured, like you're a prisoner of war, you were pretty much thought of as a coward. And uh, they almost like they always almost they would think that death was better than being captured. So whenever he returned, he was the town hated him. And uh, so he man, got, imagine just getting bullied at school because ah ha ha, your dad got captured by the enemy. Yeah, nerd. That, yeah, that's pretty much what happened. And um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, pal, lol. <laughs> so as I said a, that in the forties, right? <laughs> <laughs> so as a result of that, he became really shy, and his only sexual experience, and this is this is one weird thing that they highlighted. I don't know why, but they were like his only sexual experience was during adolescence occurred. Yeah, he was 15. He uh, he was reported to have overpowered a young girl, ejaculating immediately during the brief struggle for which he received even more ridicule. But this humiliation... <laughs> you almost raped a girl. Ha ha. Oh my god, it's awful. God. It seems like you get... They did. They seemed like they didn't have a problem with sexually assaulting the girl. It's more like you know he, he busted his load too early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's real. Also, have to remember this. So if he was 15, it would have been like 1950 Ukraine. So. It w- we, already, we already can tell they have skewed priorities. Oh, yeah. This whole country was in literal shambles yeah. for the past 50 years yep. at this point. So, 
And uh, but this humiliation colored all future sexual experience and cemented his association of sex with violence. Well, that's not good. Yeah. So Oops. Uh, so we're gonna move. Uh, this is further down the timeline. Uh, 1960. He eventually moves out and uh, he moves in with his sister. And his sister, uh, for some reason, like, oh, you just don't fare with the with the opposite sex. So I'm gonna set you up with a girl. And uh, he sets her, sets him up with a a woman named uh, Fayina. And uh, they get married in 1963. And uh, despite his sexual problems and lack of interest in conventional sex, they produce two children and live an outwardly normal family life. So he wasn't into just straight up regular sex. No, he he wasn't in it. Ever since he overpowered that one girl, ever since that rape that caused him to uh, ejaculate, he's always associated associated sex with violence. And this goes. So he didn't like consensual sex. Was it cons- the consensuality? No, no, no. Or was it just the fact of just like? Well, do this you want me to? Boring. It was more of. Hey, if you're going to get to it later, I'm sorry for interrupting. Well, I mean, I can, I can get into it right now because pretty much uh, this is what would be known as sexual sadism. So he um, liked getting spanked. Yeah. Or do you like no. spanking? No, it's he like, a, he like com- it's committing like uh, like violent actions. Oh fuck! I forgot these are serial killers. They probably yeah. They probably no, killed. This is this is far <laughs> more extreme than like. Uh, like what people would normally do, like what sexual sexual sadism disorder is a condition of experiencing sexual arousal uh, in response to the extreme pain, suffering, or humiliation of others, oh, but is distinct. Torture. It is distinct from situations which consenting con- individuals use mild or simulated pain or humiliation for sexual excitement. So it's like you know doing stuff like BDSM or like you know just sim- like simulated stuff that's consensual is fine. But he but just- this is like. You didn't ask for this, but I'm about to spank you with this nail board. Yeah. Okay. Or like, I'm about to stab you. Oh, well. Yeah. Mm. You didn't ask for it. He only liked to do it to other people? He didn't like it being done to himself? No, he only liked to do it to other people. Okay. Or if it was like, if it was just like something that's happening to them, he liked it. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So, um, so in 1971, he becomes a school teacher, but a string of complaints about indecent assaults on young children forced him to move from school to school before he finally settled at a mining school in I can't say that name I'm not going to God in the uh, 70s they were like oh this dude's like torturing kids we're gonna transfer him. oh yeah no he he's he isn't caught until the 90s holy shit okay yeah so uh, he, he moves near a town that's near Rustov which he gets the name Rustov Ripper soon oh my god so now we're gonna go into tactics and his actual murders again trigger warning um, I don't go too gr- into it but it gets pretty bad so, uh, eyewitnesses has seen Chikatilo with the victim shortly before her disappearance, but his wife provided him with an ironclad alibi that enabled him to evade any further police attention. So, like, anytime, like, like th- I think this was his first, um, from what I get, it's not really good, but, um, so this was his first, and, um, his wife just pretty much was like, oh, no, he didn't do it, there's no way. And, in, again, an ironclad alibi, I don't, they didn't really say what it was, but, um. Police work, uh, old police work just confuses me, because they're like, <laughs> did you do it? I don't think so. He's clear. Yeah. <laughs> He's clean. <laughs> what um, can we do against that? But uh, anyway, uh, there's this one person, uh, Alexander Krevenchenko, 25-year-old with a previous rape convi- convic- uh, conviction, was arrested for a crime he committed, but they thought it was this guy because he recently got convicted of a rape earlier and confessed to the crime because of such extreme uh, and brutal interrogation. So he was tried for the killing of, uh, I can't say her name, Lena. And this guy was executed like in 1984. So one guy who um, who obviously didn't commit it just uh, confessed to a cr- to the crime that but, he did. But okay, 
Sorry, sure. sorry. This uh, this timeline's weird. Uh, this is how biography and then Wikipedia didn't help either. So yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. I mean, especially something that happened in the Ukraine before the internet. Like, there's only so much information you can have about yeah. it. Yeah. So. so sorry if this sounds really confusing. It's like, why did I talk about something that? Why did I talk about another rapist? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it needed to be there. But uh, so there was another person who is a person that was underage. This is in uh, 1981. Uh, what he did was he strangled, stabbed, and gagged her with earth and leaves to prevent her crying out. Uh, the brutal force afforded Chikatilo his sexual release, and he began to develop a pattern of attack that saw him focusing on young runaways of both sexes. What he would do is he would befriend them at train stations and bus stops before luring them into nearby forest areas where he, he would attack them, attempt rape, and use his knife to mutilate them. In a number of cases, he ate the sexual organs or removed other body parts such as the tips of their noses or tongues. Oh, so he actually... Cannibalism. Yeah. yeah. Weird. I, yeah, it really is. I wonder... Because uh, you hear this with some other serial killers that kind of have like a similar path as this guy does. I wonder if, like, so one time he just got, like, so excited with it, he accidentally killed someone and then was like, oh, I like this way better. I and mean, he just started killing a ton of people. That happens with a lot of serial killers. Yeah. A lot of their first kills are accidents or byproducts of their sexual or, or fresh or, or, like, or desires. Like, uh, what was it, for example? I think John Wayne Gacy, his first kill was an accident. Yeah. And then he was like, fuck, this was a rush. <laughs> and yeah. then he continued doing oh, it. Jesus. Uh, you know, there's a lot of serial killers out there that just accidentally stumble into their fetishes. Which is how all fetishes I get. I mean, like, yeah, no, serial killing people is not a fetish per se, but at the same time, it seems to be how a lot of people fall into those, like, sexual... Yeah, if those. someone yeah. gets off to it, isn't it a fetish? I, I was about to say, like, so I, I would assume the actual sealer killers themselves would probably see it as, like, oh, this is just something... Oh, this is my kink. Yeah. 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 But, you know... <laughs> yeah. I mean, but, like, a normal people... A normal person wouldn't be like, yeah, but sealer what, killing's a kink. Yeah, but what was wrong with this guy, and I, I looked this up, too, like, what he had was a disorder. Yeah, no, So yeah. it's, like, normal stuff, so don't, don't kink shame people who do this because they're not in the same... Uh, yeah. BDSM and stabbing people, two different things. <laughs> exactly. There, there really is. I mean, they do have, there is close ties between like the BDSM mentality and the, and sort of in, in not serial killing, but the ties are there is just like it's in, it is it's in itself a sexual release for them to be able to kill and do these sorts of oh, things. Oh, well, yeah. So, I mean, it, may, it, it is in sort of like an offshoot, but it's not like people who spank each other. There's to, consensually people, two adults who consensually spank each other does not equal, wow, let's stab and rape you. Yeah. 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 Because, I mean, he could only, it's weird because he could only get off. If it was not consensual and it was for, like it was forced, that's the only way you get off. And that's also weird considering he he had the hydrocephalus that would have not like not let him get off. So like it was literally well, no, he he could still get off. He just couldn't have an erection. He could uh, not have an, an erection. erection. Yeah. And he has okay. two fucking kids. It's a okay. it's so it goes to say like I wonder how much violence his wife went through, you know, yeah. because like well from what from what it said it said that they uh, they try they definitely tried um, regular consensual conventional sex and they just produced well, kids. Yeah, but yeah, kids. but again we don't you know we just don't know. Yeah, you don't know, you don't know how much of it's like her like protecting her husband, how much yeah. like yeah. she's being like forced to you know. Which I mean I could have like there's there's just there's a lot, yeah. but um yeah. 
So, um, yeah, let's get back into it. In the uh, earliest cases, the common pattern was to inflict damage to the eye area, slashing across the sockets. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> and uh, removing God. the eyeballs in many cases. An act, an act which uh, Chikatilo later attributed to a belief that his victims kept an imprint on his face and their eyes even after his death. So, it's kind of weird. Like, he does, in a way, feel guilty, but... He doesn't. He keeps doing it. I don't know. He feels guilty, but not so much to be like, maybe I shouldn't yeah, murder. There's a yeah. lot of mental I mean, illness his, there. I mean, his justification was that if he like if he can't uh if they can't look at him, then he can't Yeah. Yeah. It also we should also we should also mention that if you're doing this, you're obviously have some sort of mental illness. We're not shaming mental illness oh, as no. we go through here. No. Because like for when I get to when we get to my guy, he has a specific mental illness that uh, some people try to say um, we shouldn't blame him for what he did, but the same because of his mental illness. But there's a fine line to yeah. be drawn there. Yeah. Anyways. Oh yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, at the time, serial killers were actually uh, kind of unknown in uh, the Soviet Union, which is like wow. Good for them, I guess. It's pretty weird because uh, we had because there's like a looks like there's like a little bubble of serial, there's serial killers throughout time, mm-hmm. but like we didn't really start noticing how many there actually were, were yeah. until like it became weird that people died suddenly, you know. Yeah. Which, and that you know, was I like take in that the back, not good for them. They're just kind of dumb or ignorant of what's going on. Or, I also want to just considering the uh, the place in the world it is, how how large the country is. If there were people who sort of like habitually murdered people if they were able to get away with just from the, the, the sheer expanse of the area. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, maybe how disconnected each, you know, sort of yeah, group and big, town was from one from the next. Big area, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Shit. I mean, it's Soviet Union. I mean, after World War II, you got Cold War, space race. I don't I don't know if, if, if these people dying were, like, on... I don't know. I can't, I can't speak for the, the... I don't know if these people that were dying were necessarily on the radar of the police at the time or if they were really cared. Yeah. Because a lot of times those people are only caught by investigations. Yeah, actually, uh, evidence of serial killing or child abuse was sometimes suppressed by state-controlled media. So it's not that nobody knew. It's just, oh, nobody did know, but that's because the state tried to control it. Yeah, so, so try to, like, yeah. Play I did not down. create a panic or didn't want to look stupid. Be like, yeah, this guy's coming right under our noses and it's killed. Yeah, X amount of people. Yeah, and um, I did. I mutilation was a uh, modus operandi distinct enough to allow. What the fuck is that? Okay, I typed some of this stuff. I don't know what modus, modus operandi, operandi is. Like a, a way they operate with every yeah. crime. They're mo. That's what it stands yeah. for. Emo. Emo. <laughs> yeah, that's their, their motive. Okay, no, I get that. Yeah, sorry. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, distinct enough. <laughs> 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 I mean, really, like I. I uh, Oh, man. Okay. Never mind. Uh, distinct enough to allow for other cases to be linked when the Soviet authorities finally admitted that they had a serial killer to contend with. As the body count mounted, rumors of foreign-inspired plots and werewolf attacks <laughs> became more prevalent in public fear. And they were blaming grew. this on werewolf attacks yeah. in the 80s? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Werewolves Fuck. like them eyeballs, baby. Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Werewolves are something else. Um, But, yeah. So, uh I mean, there's a lot of stuff here. I don't know. Should I keep going? I mean, uh, yeah. what 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 is the what is the conclusion to this guy? What is his what? Because we because you know we can go into each individual kill, but like, what was his conclusion? What happened? Did he get caught? So 
Yeah, um, a detective, a Moscow detective, Major Mikhail Fistosov, Fistosov, whatever okay, his name is. <laughs> um, Michael Fistov. Yeah, like a cop. Michael Fistov. He uh, he actually worked with a uh, psychologist to help, like, kind of like figure this figure this out. Um, yeah, help a psychologist, Alexander Bukhanovsky. Um, they were um, they were getting they were getting pressure to find this guy. So he contacted the psychiatrist who's like, you need to help me find this to find out what's going on. So, uh, they kind of like, they described him as a necrosadist or someone who achieves sexual gratification from the suffering and death of others. And then they were like, uh, they just worked together to, to finally, to finally fucking catch him. And, uh, Oh my God, where did I put it? Uh, shit. <laughs> Yeah, because I was I was wondering like what year like all of this ended up getting wrapped up. Considering he started in the seventies, yeah, it no, seems to um, bleed over into the seventies into the eighties. Yeah, no, on uh, November 6, nineteen ninety, fresh from killing his final victim, his suspicious behavior was noted by patrolling policemen at the station nearby, and as details were taken, his name was linked to a previous arrest in nineteen eighty four. He has been arrested several times, but he's always evaded the police somehow in some way. And at one point, they did find semen at the crime scene, but because of technology at the time, they couldn't, they, test, they couldn't it. test it. So they're like, "Fuck, he's gone." But um, but following uh. More suspicious behavior. This is still November 1990. Uh, he refused to confess to any of his killings. So the psychiatrist who had uh, prepared the original profile to talk to Chikatilo under the guise of trying to understand the mind of a killer from a scientific context. Yeah. yeah. Profiling is what basically allowed for a lot of serial killers to be basically apprehended before they killed any more people. Uh, that Because that, that actually developed in the um, early 80s. Yeah, or so, l- late seventies, mid mid late seventies was profiling was developed. It was very useful. Yeah, so clearly, uh, Chikatilo was actually flattered by this and opened up to the psychiatrist, providing extensive details of all of his killings and even leading to the police to the site of the bodies previously undiscovered. Um, he claimed to have taken the lives of fifty six victims, although only fifty three fifty three of these could be uh, independently verified. Uh, this figure was far in excess of the 36 cases that the police had initially attributed to their serial killer, to him. Um, so, yeah, uh, eventually he went to court because he was declared sane. This is in 1992, and um, he uh, throughout, the, <laughs> throughout the trial, he was held in an iron cage designed to keep him apart from the relatives of his many victims. And uh, he was referred to in the media as the maniac because his behavior in court range from bored to manic singing and talking gibberish at one point he was even reported as having dropped his trousers was waving his genitals at the assembled crowd huh. yeah so um he was eventually found guilty of 52 of the 53 murder charges which is weird and uh he was shot in the back of the head in february 14th 1994 wait shot in the back like execution or yeah, yeah. oh I didn't know if it was like execution or like the cops hired a fucking hitman no, and he no. killed him. They fire squad in ninety four. Yep. That was like right at the fall of the USSR. Well, that was he was he was caught in nineteen ninety like nineteen ninety. Yeah. I think what when was the fall of the USSR? Ninety three. Can you tell we were all born after it? <laughs> <laughs> ninety three or ninety four. I was born in ninety five. I don't know. Yeah, wasn't it nineteen eighty nine? It was either 89 or 9. It was actually 91. So he was caught one year before the Iron Curtain. So that's just interesting. Like, after the fall, it's like having still some semblance of, like, 
or like still having the urge or the um like a collapse like that and still being like, okay, we need to still find this fucking well, killer. Well, yeah, he killed 53 people. I mean, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a total collapse. I mean, the collapse wasn't like a... It was... Instantaneous. Like, there's just... Yeah, yeah, no, no, I get that. To... It's just like, Gorb, you know, Gorbachev was was really pressuring them, and then, like, all that shit just going on. I don't know. It's just a lot to deal with, I guess. No, I mean... I was thinking. It, this was small town. This was more small town stuff. They got yeah. it, though. That was important. And it also gave people something to entertain themselves. Not entertain themselves, but, you know. Yeah. The serial killers tend to be a, spec, a specul- speculation. Take, take their minds off, you know, collapsing yeah. government. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, we got this maniac. We caught God, him. I did not expect you to say 53. I was expecting, but just the way you were talking, like... 10 or 11 no. maybe did no. not expect so they were all 50 something so, so, he confessed to 56 yeah so all of his victims were were female right no they were uh they were either young boys or young girls okay wow okay yeah he did um yeah he'd slash the eyes mm-hmm. okay did he take did he take trophies or anything do you know of uh no he did it sounded not. like he ate them yeah no you so, he, uh he would eat the, the genitals um he was he was he was kind of quick in covering not quick but like he he tried to cover his tracks, so he didn't take trophies or anything like that. Um, but it, it was it was funny though because it, it's not funny. But he would um, he would take up jobs near the area he was doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's like there was always it was always near that area, and there's always a pattern. So it's like eventually he's gonna get caught. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's still bizarre that he was able to cover up so many because they you said the police only managed to link thirty six to him, and he confessed to fifty six, and then they found him guilty for fifty two. Yeah. Yep. God. Okay. Wow. Anywho. Well, thank you, Wenzel. Wenzel, that was a that's a fucked up man. That Oh yeah, no. That I was uh, probably one of the worst ones I've ever heard of. And you and you never really hear about like serial killers from that like from Russia or the Ukraine or anything yeah, like that. So that that was uh the first time I've ever heard of one, so. Yeah. I feel like Russia tries to like keep most of that stuff. Oh alive. yeah, I mean, well, I mean even it even said like they try to hide yeah. that shit. And yeah. even like today yeah like there's yeah. there's stuff we don't get from certain countries like still yeah no it, it was just it was really interesting and there's just sorry i like there's just so much stuff and i i, I would why i would like to say it all but it's just it's just so much of like you know p- police yeah. work going into details about like the disguises he had which his disguises were just you know he changed like he worked in different areas so he had different uniforms whatever and um but yeah the only way they, I mean, the only way they really ca- caught him, I shouldn't say the only way, but they just, like, started increasing, like, they just started putting more more police yeah. in the areas that was happening, and he he kept doing them, so, again, of course, he had to get caught because there's so yeah. many police there. They didn't get caught for almost two decades. Well, I mean, after, after what, 50-something people, he had to feel confident enough to just yeah. keep doing it. He's like, they're not going to catch me. Yeah, which it just, like, it took him that long, though. Yeah. Like, like uh, I said, not on their radar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not on their priority list. They're just like, yeah, the kids die all the time. What do you expect? Yeah, yeah so, um, yeah, fuck off, uh, Chikatilo. <laughs> yeah, you asshole. Uh... So are you ready for serial killer number two? Yeah, Tanner, let's let's hear it. Uh, actually, I content warning: killing. Uh, pretty much. There's no, nothing too uh too bad here. Uh, all my info was gathered from uh, murderpedia.org, unless stated otherwise. I did. Alfred Leonard Klein, uh, was born in what many to believe to be March of 1888 in an unknown town in Can. We we just know he was born somewhere in Kansas. 
Uh, and what makes him different from most serial killers is he was never convicted of a single one of his killings. And we'll get more into detail of that. Uh, because he was so good, never left a trace of anything. So even today, not never convicted, but we, we know now because of technology. Yeah, he totally did it. Uh, murdered eight of his wives and one male who was a reverend. Uh, all by the same method. And I... Well, no, let's not play the guessing game. He mur- murdered them via buttermilk poisoning. He would poison their buttermilk, eight of his wives, his reverend friend, make them drink the buttermilk, and they would die. I don't know. You, you got the shit. That's all I know. <laughs> Literally, pretty much what happened, because... And here's the crazy thing about it, and these happened between the years of 1930 and 1945. So 15-year span, he killed nine people. The co- The cops were never... They were like, man, this seems really fishy because, like, all of his wives are dying and he's immediately getting them cremated. And they've only been married for, like, a week. And he got them to sign all their possessions to him. And then they just died. And then, like, they were never to piece together. Oh, man, six people he married died via buttermilk poisoning. Everybody's like, oh, man, I feel bad for him. Yeah, so uh, it, it, it never went into detail of what he actually put in the buttermilk. All we know is it was very powerful sedatives, obviously, because it fucking would kill people. Um, so essentially what he would do is he would get his wife's and this one reverend, uh, to sign all their possessions to him and then give him the buttermilk. So, I mean, uh. would give him the buttermilk. And the reason he was never convicted is because at the coroner's office, every single, for every single death, the cause of death did not come back as poisoned, obviously, because the uh, cause of death wouldn't come back as poisoned in the thirties. It would come back as heart failure. Mm-hmm. So they were all, they were just like, man, they're having heart attacks. Yeah. Which... If it's like a sedative, then that makes sense. Yeah. But like cyanide has obvious like it's obvious you've been cyanide poisoned yeah. because of yeah. like the foam at the mouth and mm-hmm. the irritation of the throat, things like that. Yeah. But like if you're like a, it's like a, it's like a horse tranquilizer or something, they just like literally just fall asleep and die. That just looks like a heart attack. Yep. He was dubbed the buttermilk bluebeard. Uh, buttermilk because he would poison. People with buttermilk and Bluebeard because, because the, Bluebeard killed his wife. Yeah, because of the <laughs> old French folklore where Bluebeard Bluebeard would kill many of his wives. Uh, and I just want to I just want to say this: these weren't eight women he killed. Or I mean, they were, but eight he married all eight yeah. of these women uh, in this fifteen year span. Uh, and th- this is something I got off of a website called Madison's.jp. So as you can tell, it was a Japanese website. Uh, was and I couldn't. Never confirmed this, but I did see varying reports of it, like sort of mentioned offhand and other things. Uh, he was allegedly charged with 15 years of imprisonment for prosecution of theft shortly after the death of the Reverend in 1932. Hmm. Uh, but essentially, uh, so I couldn't find if he actually did serve time or he didn't. But if he didn't serve time or if he did serve time, it wasn't 15 years because his next killing was in 1934 where he killed like his third wife. And the timeline's really iffy because, again, this happened in the 30s. And, uh, like, in Kansas, he killed some in Nevada, and he eventually goes to jail in California. So, multiple states. Uh, and it's not like they had, like, a database of, like, Yeah, it's also not like know. there was a database, like, man, we gotta, uh, you know, keep up with this. Uh, and you actually, you know, see, and I just put this note in there, you actually see bluebearding a lot in popular pop culture now like ex machina is a very recent example of where you see bluebearding like the company name is blue book and that's a direct reference to bluebearding so i just thought that was kind of interesting but 
so Klein's main goal was getting the money from his victims. And Klein ended up collecting over $82,000 from these nine people. Now, this is $82,000 in 1945 money, which it comes up to a whopping $1.161 million in 2018 dollars. So quite uh, quite a lot. Uh, from the Reverend alone, he the Reverend signed $11,000 to him, which is the equivalent of about $200,000 in today's money. Mm-hmm. Where's this reverend so, getting the money? Right, like how did this random wait, wait. reverend have Church a good money. wait? Yeah, why did he have a le- fucking donations? And, and and it's never mentioned why he the reverend signed. But we'll get in that in a second. Uh, so Klein ended up being arrested, not due uh to having significant evidence that he killed his wives, because again, the police never had any evidence that he killed his wives, but due to the fact that he immediately wanted all of his wife's remains to be cremated as soon as they died, as well as the fact that they would all die shortly after he married them. So again, and he always took them to hotel rooms to give them the buttermilk. So it was never at the residence. It was just like, hey honey, how about we go to the hotel room and drink some fucking buttermilk? That's literally how this went. And while Klein was cleared on all nine counts of murder, so it was not ever charged with murder, he was charged with nine counts of forgery related to to the crimes, gifting him with a whopping 126-year prison sentence uh, for forgery. So, again, they were like, okay, dude, we know you killed these people, but we can't prove it, but we got you on nine counts of forgery. You're in prison for 126. did he confess to killing them? No, never. never. We know now because of scientific stuff oh. that he, yes, he killed these women. And also, if you just read the story, a fucking course he killed these people. I don't know. <laughs> I'm still on the fence. <laughs> I'm on the fence. That the- Have y'all had buttermilk? Buttermilk is <laughs> disgusting anyways. Are so you how- sure you picked a serial killer? So how could you even tell if it was poison? Because yeah. it just always tastes bad. Uh, however, Klein would only serve a couple of years of his sentence as he himself died of a heart attack in Folsom Prison in San Francisco on August 5th, 1948 at the age of 60. So he got arrested in 45, went to prison in 46, died in 48. It makes you wonder if he thought for some reason the buttermilk did something with the medication. Like what if the buttermilk wasn't necessarily the the vehicle for the poison or like a, like a catalyst or like, whatever like either a catalyst or maybe he thought the acid would be able to make it non-detectable or the taste cover up the taste cause or just, yeah or what if he was like if you marry me I like buttermilk you have to drink buttermilk yeah cause how do you get people to <laughs> how do you get people to just drink buttermilk and it makes you wonder if there's any like because there was I mean, no people drink buttermilk. He's a no serial killer. Served, yeah, <laughs> he drinks but buttermilk. Like, who drinks buttermilk in like a hotel? Like you said, it makes you wonder if they were like forced. Well, it, so I, I actually okay. So this is from newspaper.com uh, by way of the Nevada State Journal, January thirtieth, nineteen thirty-two. Petition for probate of the will of the late Carrie May Porter, who died here October sixteenth, nineteen thirty-one. So this was one of his first victims. At the age of seventy, was filed in district court yesterday by Alfred Leonard Klein of Tujunga, California. Klein is named in the will as the sole executor and devisee of the estate, which approximates $2,000. Emerson J. Wilson is attorney for the petitioner. So I don't know if this goes for all of them, but it sounds like he was marrying pretty old women. Because this woman was 70, this happened in 31, he would have only been 43. Well, how in that in that process, how, it makes sense because like... Only these older women, probably widowers at this point, yeah, themselves, uh, they probably 
which would make sense. That would, they would have wealth at that point. Yeah, which, yeah, which they would, would make have sense. the reverend's the only one that kind of sticks out to me. Yeah. I'm like, how did this reverend have eleven thousand dollars in nineteen thirty? And how did he convince him to sign? And, it yeah, over? and why did he sign it? So maybe there is some credence to the forgery. Like, oh, he just signed his will. Yeah. This reverend's will, and then killed the reverend by drinking buttermilk because yeah. the reverend died the same way by drinking the buttermilk. Maybe, maybe he's a, <laughs> I, I don't know if it goes into into his detail. Maybe the because maybe he's a reverend. Maybe he sort of stuck to like the whole like he didn't marry, didn't have a family, so like he's kind of a loner. And maybe he able to I was able to get in with close to the reverend and sort of like build a relationship, build a, a trust, and like okay, I, I'm the only person you have. So like if something happens to you, reverend, maybe I can take. That's care one of your hell state. of a salesman, though. That takes a lot of ability. Oh yeah, and I mean, think about it though. If he's moving around from place to place, how in the fuck is he able to build a relationship that quickly? He would be have to be like. I mean, again, he married. I mean, he married eight, which again kind of leaves or kind of leads into the theory that these women were older and were just looking for like someone to love in the last few years of life, like a, as mean, a as a like a widower. Yeah, as a, yeah, as a I would, widower. Ima- I would imagine they're widows at this. Yeah, point. I would. I would. I mean, again, I met. I imagine he scouted these women out, so I do imagine that they were probably widowers that had. Money, because again, from these, uh, from his eight wives and one reverend, eighty-two thousand dollars. So there's like there's there's two really two not two types, but in, there there are two major types. There's process killers and uh, product killers, and so people who kill for the process, like your serial killer Wenzel, mm-hmm. uh, who would kill. Um, would would they still be alive when he did some of this stuff on them? Uh, when he did uh, the yes, and then you have pro- you have. Uh, that's the process killer. They kill due to the process, and they like yeah. the process of the doing the killing. Because and the I mean, actions against those people. Because I mean, for him to ex- inflict pain upon them, they you know you have to be out, they have to yeah. be alive. Then you have product killers, which mm-hmm. kill for the product, whether it be the dead body or the possessions of the person yeah. themselves. Because it, it like for, for all we know, he never did anything to the mm-hmm. body, so he just get them cremated. So he would give them their buttermilk. So I don't know. I am. I mean, not a peaceful death, but like. Not, I mean, wasn't. I mean, it wasn't as violent as my guy. Yeah, he wasn't like cutting people up and eating them. Yeah, and like make it. So I mean, but at the same time, also killed eight. Oh yeah, older no. women in a reverend. Here's my question: okay. After that buttermilk was put, was cremated, uh, did it make butter? The buttermilk wasn't cremated. <laughs> but like, no, no, butter, butter stays the same no matter where it goes. Buttermilk. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and he was cremated. I imagine it turned into. He just he passed creamy, it down right? like uh, uh, all for one. Okay. The, anyway. Wow. The butter, the wow. Spoilers. Person to person. Oh my! So season two spoilers of my hero. God. But I haven't uh, watched it. <laughs> but uh yeah so that was alfred leonard klein fuck not, you there, klein yeah not a whole i mean there i, I mean there I, a lot of information but again we don't know like anything about his childhood why so i mean for all we know he just killed these people for financial gain there was no psychological nothing he was just a normal dude that was like i'm gonna kill people so i can make some cash yeah he killed him for the product yep so Hmm. There we go. That was him. What's his name again? Alfred Leonard Klein. Okay. Yeah. Fuck you, Klein. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, so. Buttermilk. All right, Patrick. And also, buttermilk's just gross. Don't drink yeah, buttermilk. Don't, yeah, don't I don't trust no. buttermilk. Yeah, it's a lot like cottage cheese for me. I just don't mess with if it. If any of you Love offer me cheese. buttermilk, I'm going to assume you're going to murder me. <laughs> but like cottage cheese, you can have it two different ways. You can have it with tons of salt and a lot of black pepper. Or you can have the other way, where you have just fucking smashed fruit up in that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm not a fond, I'm a fond of either. 
What I, I don't know. I just thought of a good. Bit. Am I the only one here that likes cottage cheese? Well, okay. Wenzel's dad. Yeah, my dad. Wenzel's dad is a big fan of cottage cheese. Just yeah. in there with a fucking boba straw. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. oh now, you could totally get it through a boba straw. Now I want to try you it. Nasty fucker. <laughs> uh, we're gonna get you to try that. I want to record it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna. I, I will be in heaven. No oh, shellfish though. No, no. Well, shellfish. okay, yeah. <laughs> Not if you disguise it. <laughs> yeah, a crab ragoon's fine, but shrimp, fuck that. <laughs> just, uh, just make it look like it's uh, sp- uh, spaghetti. Well, he, 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 well, he probably thinks crabs are bug, not a sea, not a shellfish. <laughs> crabs are. Who bugs, do you think? Not Technically, food. shellfish are just big ass bugs. Yeah, they're well, just ocean okay, bugs. For one, they're crustaceans. Let's get it right. They're ocean bugs. Yeah, Got crawfish it. are literally called mud bugs. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. and, and uh, eating lobster was considered a punishment in the uh, early days of oh, America. Oh, no. Not lobster again. Oh. Because they, they, they considered cockroaches of the sea. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Cockroaches taste like that. What cockroaches. if cockroaches do taste like lobster and just nobody has ever tried one? I'm I mean, sorry. I know people have eaten cockroaches, but what if? But they don't like. They don't like spill the. They don't have as much meat. What? For some reason, I feel like I've tasted a cockroach. Oh wow! That I don't know why. What do roaches taste like? Wendell, I need to ask you: Have you pissed your pants recently while you were sleeping? Have you <laughs> killed an animal? Uh, if you ate a cockroach, you did. Okay, well, I am thoroughly grossed out. I've, there's a fried cockroach. <laughs> did you just that. Google how to eat cockroach? How it would taste like. Oh. What, the, like, what was the answer? They said it could be tasty. It depends on what you feed it. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's how a lot of like, a, like... I mean, that's how literally everything goes. You know, yeah, like, okay. but like, there's less of a chance of a cow eating dookie and my meat tasting like poop than a roach eating dookie. And well, that's why you don't feed it shit. You feed you feed the cockroach obviously lobster. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. You feed it cotton candy. And then you have cotton candy flavored roaches. They turn uh, pink and blue. And that's been your AYCH life hack of the week. <laughs> Patrick, tell us about your serial killer. Well, actually, I want to divert conversation to more entophagy if that was possible. Don't even In- know what that is. What's entophagy? <laughs> it means the consumption of insects. Oh. Okay, oh. we can take it that way. Okay. <laughs> But uh, anyway, you my- didn't even Google that. You just had that off the top of your head. What the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Patrick like scoots like a box of caterpillars back. <laughs> I, I, I brought treats for y'all, but I guess I'll just keep them to myself. Patrick is Timon and Pumbaa. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing in a bug to the potluck. Can you please leave? <laughs> Friendsgiving's going to be real weird this year. Oh, fuck. All right, Pat. Sorry. We're, we're done. Uh, it's a burst of flavor. You know, we're, not we're not done. We're not done. We're not done. Okay, but, but um, get, getting back on track, uh, my first, um, first in the topic is for me is H.H. Uh, Holmes, which is considered to be by many to be America's first serial killer. Fun fact: His name is Holmes. 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 <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> that's why he I'm did. fucking cracking up, man. God, he was damn. so mad. I have. Do we actually? I mean, I'm sure we do, but do we actually know what the HH stood for, or did he just be like, "I'm HH"? Like Henry Harold. Well, well, the thing is that that was actually his most um, famous uh, identity. Oh, so we don't even know if that was his actual name. It's no, we know his real name. Oh, okay. it's pronounced. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I need to join the blue collar to comedy tour. <laughs> Here's your son. <laughs> All right, Patrick, let's get back to it. Get her done. Um, but H.H. Uh, H. Holmes, he was born in, in um, born as Herman Webster Mudgett. Yeah, I'd go by H.H. H. Holmes, too. <laughs> <laughs> May 16th, 19, I mean, excuse me, 1861. I, I will say, uh, 
to, to start with it, I gathered my sources from Wikipedia, the podcast lore, Britannica.org, Murderpedia, and Reddit. Nice. Wow, nerd. Fuck me, dude. Patrick was at the auto repair shop for six hours. He had a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he was born, it said he was born to a wealthy family and was very intelligent as a child. And he showed an early interest in medicine. Although he had a troubling behavior, he was said to have uh, trapped and dissected animals. And one report claimed that he was uh, resp- involved in the death of a childhood companion. So there you go with the, with the torturing animals part of the three. The there, there have been multiple reports about him like capturing animals and like uh, performing like you know rudimentary surgeries on them. The childhood companion story that was just one thing, one story I found that hasn't been really uh, repeated in any other sources. But uh, he said his fascination with the human body began when he was uh, very young, and he was bullied by children in his class into touching the anatomical skeleton model in their classroom, which were real skeletons at that time, right? Yes, they were real skeletons, uh, and he uh, he was he was very he was very afraid of it. But after the incident, he said, after he was forced, he became uh, instantly fascinated with it, and that fascination carried through the rest of his life. Hmm. Uh oh. And uh, at the age of twenty one in eighteen eighty two, he enrolled at the University of Michigan Medical School, and he graduated in eighteen eighty four. He just got through med school in two years. I mean, that's all you need to back then. God. <laughs> all right, here's how you give a shot. Oh wait. No. Here's your d- degree. That's it. Two years. Uh, Here's how you wash your hands. <laughs> After graduating, uh, he, he traveled around the country and, uh, where he committed uh, numerous accounts of insurance fraud. That was that, that was probably his uh, most numerous crime next to murdering. Oh, he, my God. He, 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 uh, he, he was very adept in uh, swindling insurance uh, companies out of their money, <laughs> and, uh, claiming fraudulent uh Files. I just imagine the IRS kicking down his dorm, his door to his house, and be like, "Freeze! Got you for fuck it!" And looking around, going, "Oh my fucking god! There's bodies everywhere." <laughs> uh, we're taking you in for the insurance fraud, but just know this will be mentioned. <laughs> this is pretty fucked, bud. <laughs> so, um, wh- while he was in medical school, he-, he used his access to the school's uh, use of cadavers, and he had them. Uh, he, he just he disfigured the cadavers. He left them on the roadside. He staged accidents, basically, and he would later <laughs> stage them, stage them insurance as fraud. And then he would um, go out to the insurance claim and, and claim these bodies were uh, relatives, and he would take out take the money out from those claims. I'm just fucking laughing at the idea of him throwing a fucking body in front of a truck or something, or, or not a truck. It'd be a cart, a buggy at this time. A fucking horse, <laughs> a horse. <cat. laughs> Brother! <laughs> Has anybody seen that video of a guy throwing a fucking deer out of his car and destroying the... Uh, the you know, never mind. Go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> uh, he, he, like he said, he traveled around the country because uh, he, he uh, constantly, you know, make profiles and they fake identities and get insurance company. Just jump from town to town. He always managed to avoid capture, avoid suspicions. And during this time, he's like he worked at drug stores, he worked at schools, and he's like he was. There was two stories that he was involved. He was connected into the deaths of two young boys, but no charges were ever filed. No one was ever able to cooperate these stories. And uh, eventually, he uh, at the age of twenty five in eighteen eighty six, he changed his name to his most well known moniker, H. H. Holmes, and he moved to Chicago with his second wife. There he met a doctor, Elizabeth Holton, and began working in her pharmacy. 
At the pharmacy, he worked diligently building relationships and rapport with Elizabeth and her customers. After Dr. Holton's husband died of cancer, Holmes became uncooperative, and he threatened and and uh, excuse, Holmes became uncooperative with uh, Dr. Holton. She threatened to dissolve their business relationship. But shortly thereafter, their, uh, their their disagreement, Dr. Holton disappeared, and uh, so, and then then Holmes was made the owner of the pharmacy, and, we, and people asked why he. Uh, he made the story that Dr. Holton moved to California to be with relatives after her husband had died. Hmm. And you could just get away with that in the 1800s. Like, what yeah. are you going to look at? And just as after, after you know, the time he was in his early 20s, you know, four, at least four years of traveling around and making dozens of insurance frauds. Yeah, nobody yeah. and nobody would be like, ah, he's a 20-year-old owning a yeah. store? That's weird. And also may or may not have killed up to three people by this point. So there's... We don't we, we don't know too many confirmed deaths at this point. There's been a lot of like mostly insurance fraud with, with some questionable disappearances, uh, but it's starting at this point with the uh, with the uh, with him taking over the pharmacy and the disappearance of uh, Doctor Holton, that it really begins like the biggest bolt of his uh, like murderer's career, so to speak. And then um, we work with the pharmacy, building it up, making it a, a, even more you know stable and financial success in the in the community and then in 1893 with the news of the uh, world's fair scheduled to take place in chicago holmes bought the vacant lot near the pharmacy and began constructing a building that would house the influx of visitors coming for the world's fair he would would call the building the castle and it'd be a a, have three floors and a basement he transplanted the castle okay it's it's a basically basically be like a very lavish Opulent hotel. Yeah. Oh, this was uh, Chicago, right? Yes. Yeah. Right, right outside the World's Fair. Okay. Yeah. yeah now, now, now I'm talking. Now I know because I yeah I know about this guy. because I've seen yeah a I've ghost heard, adventure type thing. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've heard about uh, because with the World's Fair coming, it takes it takes you know years or so because it kind of like mm-hmm. preparation for the Olympics. Be a lot of you know years of like preparation, get, get mm-hmm. the city ready, make it very you know lavish for all the people coming in, and uh, he started construction. And what made it interesting that he was personally. Uh, the architect and mm-hmm. like the overseer for the project. Man, okay. And uh, he he financed a lot of it through um, like more insurance fraud and um, taking out items on credit, um, selling the selling the products to other people, and then dodging the claims. Uh, he he regularly uh, changed out his workers so no so no uh, too many people figured out what he was doing because he, he he never let anyone see his plans. Yeah, he always dictated them from afar. And then if, if uh, certain workers got curious, they started questioning. He would immediately had them laid off, and uh, he he never paid any of his workers. Oh, oh, that seems uh, like a, also well, that's a shit thing to do. He always also, man- no one got paid. He also he's, he always managed to like uh, dodge claims or like if, if, if there was a suit that was played against him for you know misplaced wages, he always found a way to prolong it to eventually the person just gave up. Feels like there should have been some sort of pharmacist union. And it's said that he went through over 500 workers during the construction of the uh, of the hotel. And so nobody gave a shit. He didn't pay 500 people. I guess you could get away with it back then. I am paying. And you. also, I'm a doctor and an architect, and sometimes a teacher. So uh, going, <laughs> they're like you, evil fucker, insurance fraud, not paying the workers, and murder. <laughs> That's the murder is the least of those three. Yeah, things. we want to get you on the insurance. <laughs> 
It was during the years of 1891 to 1894 that Holmes required the bulk of his victims using the lodger to the castle to pick up his victims. The, the, the castle was advised, uh, advertised residency to young, single women, and he, and he killed many of the women after becoming involved with their lives and, and somehow securing their finances. Oh, that's an immediate red flag. Everybody's allowed here, um, but just young women, please, who are rich. He, he did. He did. You know, what, like you said, he said, it was built to sort of house the uh, the the coming uh, visitors, tourists. Yeah. Yeah. But in the meantime, and throughout the World's Fair event, he advertised heavily to young single women. Yeah. Like there's a story of a 17 year old girl. She, she came looking for work, and she stopped by his hotel. It's like uh, she got a job. And it's like, oh, by the way, uh, Mr. Holmes, my parents don't really know I'm here. I'm just kind of traveling around, and your position is so good. I had to take you up on it. And uh, guess what? She was never seen again. Shit. Well, lucky for you, I'm an architect and a doctor and a teacher and professional magician. You made people disappear. <laughs> Just threw fucking birds. <laughs> Welcome to the World Fair. But okay. they're but they're all dead because yeah, he killed them. The birds are dead. Yeah. Also, uh, another very interesting uh, term of employment for anybody who worked at the hotel. They all of his employees were required to have generous uh, life insurance policy with him named as a beneficiary. Of oh, course. Shit. Let me tell you, if your employer doesn't require them to be the beneficiary of your life insurance policy, don't work there. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So he, he was not only scouting uh, people who lived there, but like the employees. Too. He was also apparently a fucking psychic and could control people to be like, <laughs> so, you can't work here unless I get all your money when you die. Ooh. This dude, uh, he just likes money. Well, I, I got a question, Patrick. So you, he, you said, and like you see this sometimes. Was he like an attractive dude? Like, was that how he was able to kind of like attract so many younger women? Especially, was he like? D- does it ever say if he was like a a good looking dude? He was a doctor. Well, well, uh, well it, I do have a picture of him. I won't do much here. Well, I, what I will do for the uh, for our Instagram post, I will have pictures found if if they are available of the. Uh, individuals okay. and we can display it that way but uh i guess i guess handsome he had like a sort of like a like a like a rounder face he had a very full mustache okay as a, he, he was a younger man but he was he was um uh the reports have said uh, he was very like very engaging very friendly amiable charismatic very rich you know so if, if you're rich he's rich he's a doctor and got a that teacher, mustache, an architect, a you know, entrepreneur, business. Like he had, he had all these things sort of stacked in his favor to make him very desirable. Mm-hmm. And and plus, being a hotel manager, he was obviously very involved with the, with the people mm-hmm. coming and going. Like, hey, Mister ha- Mosby. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, so you know what? They couldn't lead off with their looks. They had to leave off with uh, their everything else. He was he. I wonder if this guy was literally the guy who was like, "Oh, hello, I'm Doctor Mister Architect, Hotel yeah. Manager." H. H. Holmes, but I'm ugly. Holmes, Holmes, <laughs> but Holmes, Holmes. Why are you saying Holmes? Holmes? I feel like we're saying the same thing. <laughs> no, Holmes. no, Hol- Holmes. Holmes, Holmes. It's Holmes, Holmes, Holmes. Holmes. It's a long saying- H. It's H. H. Holmes. Come on now, Holmes, oh, Holmes. Oh, Holmes. I didn't realize it was a bit. I'm like, we're saying the same. I almost word. hyperventilated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Holmes. He almost took another victim. Another another story was a uh, was that, was that of Julia Smythe who moved into the hotel for work with her husband Ned and their daughter Pearl, and uh, they, they they became employees. And sp- soon after, Ned discovered that Holmes and Julia had were having an affair, and he left his wife and his daughter with Holmes, and he he just moved out of town. Uh, 
Holmes didn't try to take out a life insurance policy on the uh, the white of, of, on the women's arm, but she, but she became very involved with him. She she knew his tricks. It's like okay, if you if you do this, I'm gonna expose you. And he's like, okay, fine. I, I we'll we'll drop this whole thing if you marry me and you abort our unborn child to this. You drive him. a hard bargain, Mister Holmes. But and I guess. So, so like she so she she uh, accepts his terms, but. Her and her daughter, they disappear, and he explains her disappearance on a uh, botched abortion procedure. Yeah, that's usually what happens. So yeah. but get into detail of how exactly he captured his victims. Uh, like I said, he kept the construction of his uh, hotels you know, secret from, and plans. So basically what happened was the, uh, the first floor was his pharmacy, which he transplanted from across the road into the hotel. Mm-hmm. The second floor was actually where the lodgings were. and The third floor was his office. And on the second floor, that he had uh, like a labyrinth of passageways built in between the walls of all the rooms, and he ha- and he had some rooms that um, had peepholes in them. He had he had he had alarms in each room that all linked to his office in the top floor, so he knew he knew when people were coming and going. He also had uh, very, like trap rooms made, like you know, full of like chutes and secret passageways, and he had he had rooms that he could seal off to be airtight, and had gas pumped in to have them asphyxiate. He had um. He had uh, rooms that were soundproof, so if people died, people could hear them scream. He even said they had like somehow channeled fire into a room and, and had him burned alive. So basically, whenever he was able to uh, capture the people and kill them, he had them drop down to a body sheet into the basement. And the basement was where he had like several like he expanded the basement beyond its foundations, like it's like larger than almost the uh, hmm. diameter of the building. He had like a he had like a, a stretching rack down there. He had a um, dissection table. He had a crematorium. He had a furnace. Shit. He had he had pits for the dissolving the bodies. Shit. And he 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 said he kept like certain valuables from the um, from the people. And uh, he, he said the only real trinket he said to have kept was like a ball of hair that huh. was spun from the, the the dead women's hair. It's interesting. So he was a he he was definitely did he in well so he was a product killer yes. for the most part cuz he was wanting the money, right? But like he kept trophies. So I mean it's like there were very few instances like he kept the valuables of course because like they're valuable, but the that, that, the the ball of hair was allegedly his only like trophy. It makes you wonder if like as he went along, he started getting to the groove of it. Like at first, it started out as well, fraud, he, but he, then it kind of became like, I can get into this. Like, man, this hair is a lot. <laughs> well, this is I my mean, new hobby. What if he I made had a, more? or he maybe made, maybe maybe that's just a way to like, sort of like keep the different body parts separate. That like this sort of like it's like the evidence. Like I, they can't, can't trace it back to a person if I just keep their hair. Officer, I clearly didn't kill her. Here's her hair, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> and boop, and, and, and he said um, he would sew off. Uh, parts of the bodies to like the middle school school. Like there's oh. a, there is a uh, a man who did odd jobs around the hotel. That uh, the man was testified saying that he was hired by Holmes to uh, for his skill of wiring skeletons for like anatomical models. And and uh, he, it's, one skeleton was traced back to Julia, the woman that he had the affair with, because uh, it was noted that um, one college professor had a um, a skeleton that he bought from that that odd job man, and it was noticeable in the fact that uh, the skeleton was over six feet tall, very unusual for a woman, which is how tall Julia was. Oh wow! wow. But uh, even after all these murders, he was still never caught for the murder. He was caught by his 
old hat the insurance fraud. Ah, I told See, you. Classic. Okay, but <laughs> here's the thing. He was sending body parts to the medical school, and the skeleton, like, did nobody ever, like, where'd you get these? No, nope. he was nobody. The no, he was a doctor. You don't I ask mean, your boosters where you get the money from. You just take it. I just like, think it's so funny. Like, nobody was like, where'd you get well, this? Well, that's the thing, like, um, the, the, the handyman, because uh, he, cause he uh, what would turn out to be Julius' body, he had already been skinned. It's like, okay, uh, I need to make make this into armature skeleton. Uh, and the guy didn't really question. It's like, well, you're a doctor. You know, this, you must have done an autopsy, and I'm just kind of getting ready. And you were, you obviously have your connections with your old school. So, like, he didn't really question it. But still, that sounds, I don't know. Like, if he did it on site at his fucking hotel, like, who, what doctor does that? What's fishy about that? I mean, yeah. Don't every, look at the ball of hair, but what's fishy? About I mean, this is the type of this is the time in the world where everything happened in the same building. Like, yeah, when's, there yeah, used to no, be a world's fair. You know, they started shit inside the house. Next thing you know, they're cutting up bodies on the same on the kitchen hey, counter. But, but this is the same guy who got, who got through like you know years of insurance fraud, just yeah. like constantly, and people yeah. is never quite caught. Can like obviously he was a smooth talker. And also, yeah. somehow the construction workers of this hotel wasn't like. Hmm, this seems like a flawed design. Why does this room <laughs> randomly set on fire? Yeah, actually, <laughs> why are there tons of traps? Um, yeah. No. <laughs> if I push... Okay, if I pull this lever, uh, flames shoot out of the fucking floor. No, oh, no, no, they were like... Oh, okay, that's a nice ball of hair you have over there. Where'd you get that? <laughs> no, no, whenever he said, flames come out of the fucking floor, they're like, that's badass. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mr. Ho- Doctor Architect Hotel... Future Hotel Manager Holmes... Pretty badass. <laughs> so basically, what set him off the, uh, the to the path of ruin is that his uh, his right hand man, a, a guy named Benjamin Pleitzman, was he's very he was very involved with his many insurance schemes. They concocted a plan to get his biggest insurance heist to date, where it involved faking uh, Pleitzman's death. They failed at the first attempt, and uh, uh, Holland was briefly uh, imprisoned for insurance fire insurance fraud. While he was in jail, he met a career criminal named Marion Hedgeperth, and the two, you know, he, who 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 brought in who he brought in, into the uh, the insurance fraud. But he but he, he flipped the script instead of just passing off a dead body as uh, Ben Pleitzman. He actually had he and Marion killed Ben Pleitzman. Oh, uh, of course. Uh, disfigured the body and had it burned to make it seem like because the score was to have Pleitzman be a scientist who died in a laboratory accident. Mm. Hey, cops, I know the first time it was like, uh, ha-ha, for real, the dude's dead now. Fuck. We need this insurance money now. <laughs> and um, he, he, was able, he was able to uh, placate uh, Pleitzman's wife. I, I explained away his experience like, uh, ma'am, because uh, the wife, was, she knew about it. It's like, okay, ma'am, uh, Pleitzman, he's, he's, in, uh, he's hiding overseas in London until it's, everything cools down and he'll come back for you and your family. And somehow he's actually able to talk Mrs. Pleitzman into um, letting their, three of their children travel with him for for further. Huh. So, because uh, he was afraid that those three children would somehow uh, get word back to the authorities about what he did. So he, uh, while he was traveling, he locked the two girls, the two daughters, in a trunk and had a uh, gas piped in, so they they suffocated. And he had the uh, the boy poisoned and uh, dismembered. And they said that after he was caught, um, he they, they found the remains of the of the boy in the chimney and the two girls in the, in the trunk buried in the basement of the of a rental home he was staying in. So basically, how he got caught was that Marion flipped on him and informed him on the police, and they arrested him in Boston. 
and uh, he, he he stayed in jail. He, he arrested in 1984. He stayed in jail for two years. For his, uh, he, he was convicted for the murder of Pleitzman, and he's uh, sentenced to be executed by hanging. And uh, it said while he was in jail, he was very polite, amiable, charismatic, you know, showed little to no fear of his looming execution. And it said his last conversation was with the uh, the gallowsman. It said, and the executioner said, are you ready, Dr. Holmes? And he says, yes, but don't bungle it. Huh. When the trap door fell, he, his neck didn't break right away. He, uh, he actually choked to death slowly for, for 15 minutes before he finally expired. Awesome. Good. Um, he bungled it. And, and so, so, but the thing is, some people were thinking... Because it says it was a very, like a rather exact way of like, okay, measuring the rope to the neck breaks instantly. Some people speculate that the executioner deliberately mismeasured so he would struggle as he died. Mm. Mm. And uh, his last request was that he be buried in a coffin full of cement because he was afraid he would be dissected for science or other or be grave robbed. Mm. Was he? He, he, he uh, his his body was never stolen, but there was a claim as last year that. Because he was so thorough in escaping uh, authorities for years and years, there it was enough interest was made that people saying that he actually escaped jail and uh, survived, or escaped jail or survived his execution. So they had the body resi- uh, in, uh, taken out, but because he was, uh, his coffin was filled with cement, his body didn't decay as as it would normally. So his clothes are almost perfectly preserved, and his mustache was even still intact. But with dental records, they proved it was Doctor Holmes, and he was reinterred. Yeah. Wow, that's I mean that, that part is like kind of neat about the semen thing. I did a little. Oh, cement. Okay, I thought you said semen. It's anyway, how you said semen too. Cement. That's no, neat. Uh, um, <laughs> I was looking at the. I was kind of looking around uh, at H H Home stuff. I did not know that there was a, supposedly a documentary that came out. Uh, linking Meghan Markle uh, to H.H. Holmes. Oh, wow. There's, there's, all, there's also a documentary made that um, one of his... Because uh, he married three times, mm-hmm. but he always found a way to like leave them or like try to get up a scheme where he actually get away. Give me that insurance money. But um, one, one of his descendants was, was on a documentary where he tried to link Holmes with Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think I think I read a little more that there's a there's a movie yeah. plan based off his, of Dr. Holmes, Leonardo like, DiCaprio, supposed to play Martin him. Scorsese, and uh, some of American American Horror Story Hotel was based off the murders. Yeah, of, mm-hmm. Dr. I, I think Holmes. he. I think if I'm not mistaken, Holmes is actually yeah. He, in he, it? he makes. I think he makes a cameo. I think he makes um, it, not like actually him, but somebody uh, obviously an actor portraying. Whoa! Him. <laughs> whoa! Also, Meghan Markle's dad also believes that he is related to Jack the Ripper. So yeah, there you go. Wow, that's neat, Pat. That, yeah, that I, I, everybody else had heard. I'd never heard. I, I didn't realize that was the murder hotel guy. Yep. So. Wow. Okay. Well, fuck you, Holmes. Yeah. Sorry. Fuck I, him. Sorry, I gotta say it after every killer. Cult. It's my turn. The cult man. Cult hasn't said anything this entire Colt. podcast, has he? Cult's been asleep. Let me just do some stretching. The Colton. All right, done. All right, my. <laughs> he did half like, of an orange dress. He hit me in the face. Uh, fuck. The warning: bad stuff happens. It's fucked. We've been saying it. My guy's name is Yoo Young Chul, and he is a South Korean serial killer. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say a lot of the info that I received came from Murderpedia and Wikipedia combined. A lot of it was 
Cross. It was on both at the same time. And when I was reading some of it, I just realized maybe like 30 minutes ago that I think that a lot of the info on the Wikipedia and Murderpedia was translated through Google Translate and put on there. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm realizing there's some of the stuff on the official wiki that I, I'm like, that's not... That's probably exactly what happened. What, what was the... What year was he born in? Like, how uh, old is this? He was born in 1970, oh, but okay, this stuff mind. happened in 2003. Okay. I mean, it's probably very likely that yeah. this was just translated from, like, a Yahoo article and, like, put onto Wikipedia. So, keep that in mind. So, there's not as much info on him because it hasn't been translated or something like that. But he's a South Korean serial killer and cannibal. Just want to get that out oh, of the way. Okay. He was also known as the Raincoat Killer. I'm not exactly sure why, because there's nothing that explains why he's the Raincoat Killer, but I looked up pictures of him, and there's nothing but him in uh, police custody showing bodies in a raincoat, so I'm assuming that's why. I, I would assume so. <laughs> that oh. was, what was your first guess? <laughs> oh, raincoat. I can't figure out what you was like. like Ra- Rankle or Yeah, raincoat? I kept hearing raincoat. I'm like, what's raincoat? I thought you were saying rank- rango. That hit movie with a chameleon and Johnny Depp, Rango. Rango. Is that called Rango? Yes. I used to get Rango and uh, what's that show that comes on FX? That The Django. No. It's a movie. Fargo? Archer. What? <laughs> oh, right? what the Continue. fuck? Continue. <laughs> uh, just to give him some backstory from what I could get from uh, before he committed the murders, is that he did a lot of theft. He was uh, stealing as much as he could. Like, on his wiki, I want to say... 5 times of thievery. Okay. Before he started killing people. A little bit of a hot take. Probably should have just kept up with that instead of murdering people. Yeah, but yep. it's not... Thievery is probably the least... The I worst. Mean, not know. not as bad as his other crimes. Yeah. Uh, in order, the crimes committed. Uh, theft, selling child pornography, forgery, oh. identity theft, and child sexual abuse. So this guy was just like... Forgery. Fucked all around. Yeah, he was, okay. he was bad. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, he only served a total of seven years before getting released in 2003 and uh, starting his killing spree again right as he got out. Oh. Wait, so he killed and got out of... So he killed... He didn't kill. He re- had sexually abused a child. Okay, but, so he hadn't killed anyone until he got out of jail in 2003. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. So, uh, most of his victims after he got out of jail were prostitutes and rich old men. He killed 21 people from September 2003 to July 2004. Oh, my God. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of people. That's a person every two weeks. Yeah. Holy shit. That is something I forgot to mention with mine. Uh, he, my, my guy, best of 27, only nine could be a reasonably attributed to him, but his number is anywhere between 20 and 200 people. Yep. Wow. Yeah. But Big range. 1890s had weird numbers. Yeah, 18. Yeah. Uh, In a TV interview, in front of a camera, he said his motives were women shouldn't be sluts and the rich should know what they've done. So I'm assuming that there was some mental illness going on there. God. Yeah, there's some insanity there. That's crazy because this is like the first guy we've had like in modern times I guess like you said a TV interview I'm like there was TVs back then and then I remember you said fucking 04 yeah so like because he, he was violent against women but also he he hated the rich yeah 
Eat the rich. Yeah, he, he, well, literally, if what you said is true. Yeah, uh, some just random stats about his kills. He burned three and mutilated at least 11 of his victims, admitting he ate the livers of some of them. And as far as cannibal, his cannibalism goes, uh, he only eats the livers. There's no other details about eating any other body parts or anything like that. It's kind of difficult to figure out if this guy is a process or a product killer. I'm going to say... Probably process. Probably if he's process. Eating, if he's, eating, if he's eating people, yeah. And also, I he's, from what I understand, not gaining anything from killing these people. He's just killing them? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he, he started killing in September. He started by breaking into wealthy senior citizens' houses and bludgeoning them with a hammer as they slept. Oh, my God. And then after, he, he said, I'm tired of killing old people. I'm going to move on to something different. I'm. I read somewhere. I couldn't find it after I closed out of the article today uh, this morning, but he apparently had a relationship with a woman that was like a prostitute, and that's why he hated prostitutes or something like that. Okay. It was. He was just mad at women, and he just hated them. It sounds like he's just really, really mentally ill. Yeah. He gets a pass. I'm just kidding. He's fucking awful. When the uh, investigation started to intensify, you switched to targeting female masseuses. You was briefly arrested in January 2004 on a minor theft charge, but released two days later. So, he was... He wasn't even caught for the murder! He was no. caught on a theft charge? Yeah. How did they catch him on a minor theft charge and somehow didn't... He just likes to When steal. did he have the time? I guess, like, with, with all these murders, like, they always get caught for the things that they're not... Known for doing like they're good at they're they're good at you know murdering people so they know how to cover their tracks so that but you know thievery isn't what something or oh this whatever. band stole two packs of M and M's from the local convenience store we gotta book them you think they ever you think they're ever like they say like they get worried that oh man I'm about to be caught for killing somebody and they're like you you stole something going to jail like oh okay well, fine with me okay two days okay. <laughs> Uh, starting in March 2004, you called prostitutes to his residence in Western Seoul and bludgeoned them after having sex with them. His prostitute victims were dismembered and mutilated to hinder their identification. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was caught, he was taken in custody on f- July 15, 2004 and confessed to murdering as many as 19 people and eventually in the when they were interrogating him, he... He increased the number to 26, but they only got him for 21 murders. I wonder what goes through your head be like, I'm going to tell him about the murders, but only 19 of them. Not all of them. I I just wonder what sort of thing that is. It's typically a lawyer saying, shut up. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Imagine being the lawyer be like, just tell him about 19 of your murders. I I think about that a lot. I get it. Like some lawyers, like they're like, "My, my client is innocent. But it's like when it's very obvious, it's like, how are they like, just confess. He didn't, he didn't murder that many, many people. people. Yeah. He only murdered Come 19. And, and like, Not sure, a monster. Sure, he knows what a human liver tastes like, but who among us? <laughs> okay. Continue. The, the way he was caught was, I found it a little weird. Okay. Exactly. Because the way he would get prostitutes, he'd call up a hair salon and he would call, I think the place had a, the women working there were prostitutes or it something like that. It was a prostitution ring. Yeah. It was a front. And he called and he said, like, meet me at this spot. And the hair salon place was a little suspicious of this guy because a lot of their girls had been missing. Yeah, I was about to say, I would be like, if I was working there, I'd be like, 
where is everyone? And the hair salon people went there and they brought a police officer to like actually say this guy has been murdering our women. But the police officer left before he showed up and they had to take the uh, uh, arrest into their own hands. Hmm. They made a citizen's <laughs> arrest? Like these pimps arrested yeah. him? Yeah. No, no, no. They just tackled him to the ground and uh, held him until the police arrived. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, they're prostituting women, but I guess, uh, good job. I mean, the yes, but also there shouldn't be like good job. You're off the hook too. But like, yeah, no, yeah, like, uh. yeah. Uh, when he was arrested, while he's in custody, he feigned epileptic symptoms and escaped from the police after his restraints were loosened. He did a fake seizure and he escaped. Yes. Oh my! In two thousand four. Yes. But he was only he was arrested twelve hours later. But he got away hours? for twelve <laughs> yeah. hours. What? Oh yeah, we could see. Oh, he's fine. Twelve hours later. Okay, guys, we <laughs> fucked up. But, big. See, but see, I imagine, I imagine it's like he escapes, right? It's just he's just running. Like I imagine he went home and then just sat there and was like, "I wonder if they're ever gonna come." And the police were like, "I wonder where he's at." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, where should we look? Well, he stole two packs of M&M's from this convenience store last week. Maybe we should check there. Check, check the camera. Sir, we've looked at the camera for the past 24 hours. And the, no, 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 keep going. <laughs> Fast forward. It's just a guy like that? in a rain slicker covered in blood. And just like, oh, hmm. Wearing a fucking raincoat I mean, covered in blood. Yeah. Have you seen this man? He's like, yeah, he uh, went to his home. He lives right down there. Yeah. Sir, that's a, that's a squirrel stealing a pack of crackers <laughs> from the convenience store. I don't know. Even. <laughs> Is it having a seizure? The police is just like, oh, I can't believe we did this. I can't believe we arrested a squirrel. <laughs> it was Sandy Cheeks. And, and let me tell you about my serial killer. It's that squirrel. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. No, Cole, continue. Uh, this is just a side little information. I don't know exactly when it happened, but there was an article. It was Apparently, there was an outrage about this, which is a little understandable. A mother of one of his victims charged at you with an umbrella and was kicked in the chest by a policeman to subdue her. The policeman said he kicked her in the chest because he couldn't, like, use his arms because he was holding uh, you. And so he just kicked her in the chest. Sorry, I'm holding a murderer. I have to kick you, citizen. Wham. <laughs> Could have just said, hey, I'm holding a murderer. Can you move? Because she, she was she trying to, like, fight at the murderer because, like, what, what he did. Because he was currently being arrested. Police were kind of just... Yeah, it sounds like this woman was trying to kick you's ass. Yeah, from, well, yeah. they killed her daughter. Well, yeah, no, I mean, understandably. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, Wendell can't handle this. <laughs> like, when did oh, I just said that, like, that, was, that was like, oh, it wasn't just a random woman. <laughs> That's what I thought. Oh. Wow, I, was, I must not be listening. I'm sorry. Uh, that was just a random little tidbit of information. During his trial, prosecutors requested the death penalty, which you thanked them for, and you were sentenced to death on December 13th, 2004, for 20 counts of murder. One of the murders was thrown out for some reason that I couldn't find. <laughs> it, was I, a, it was supposedly on a technicality, right? Yeah. I'm, apples and oranges, 20 and 21. <laughs> well, it's like, Wizzle, he, he committed 53, but only got charged for 52. Yeah, yeah and he confessed to 56. Yeah. Well, a yeah. bunch of numbers being thrown around today. Well, you is currently alive and detained at the Seoul Detention Center. Wait, I thought... 
He was sentenced to death. Oh, fuck. I forgot. If you get sentenced to death, that doesn't mean you actually die. Oh, yeah. He was sentenced to death in 2004, and he's still alive in 2018. And he's not, I mean, he's not that old. You said he was born in the 70s? He was 1970. He's 48. He's 48 years old. The thing thing about Seoul is that, or in South Korea in general, is that they do, while it is still legal to do capital punishment, it's super controversial. Yeah. And uh, they, from what I was reading, they don't have, they haven't had a, uh, a, um, a uh, capital ex- capital punishment execution mm. since uh, 1997. Mm. Wow. The weird thing is he's not as sketchy as I thought he would look. Like, this is what he looks like. You guys will see on the Instagram, but. Hmm. Yeah, he doesn't look, yeah. He's, I mean, he, he looks, looks like a normal dude, but uh, again, he killed 20-something people. And he was a child predator. And also peddled child pornography. And, and a thief. And a thief. God, okay. That so, was you, uh, Young Chul. Fuck you. Fuck you. Young die Chul. already. Uh, before we get to Cody, we need to take just a quick uh, intermission, a quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. It's like a mouth. We're back. Yeah, we're back. Sorry about that. Just a little intermission. Uh, the, 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 the truck. Potty breaks. Yeah, we had to stretch for a little bit. Uh, so we're going to jump into me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's do this. Our main event of the evening. Everybody uh, jump into Cody. Am I the Cody. main event? I mean, you're the last yeah. one, so I mean, uh, it's, all, it's all on you. Save the best process for of last. elimination. Uh, so I did a guy named who I didn't know before um, until a few days ago. His name is uh, Richard Chase, and he is known as the Vampire of Sacramento. And a little spooky on this one. Ooh. That sounds spooky. Um, I would sounds wanna- like a weird. Thing from Twilight. No, this dude is more fucked than anything you could that Stephanie Meyer could ever more produce. Than, oh my god! Oh my god! Okay. Uh, this my citations include. I do want to say that I am pulling heavily from last podcast from the last episodes, uh, two forty five and two forty six. Uh, great podcast if you like serial killers, things like that. If you like what we did, they do it one million times better over the course and of, all the time and all the time. Yeah, absolutely the whole we, podcast. You know, it's a great. It's I mean, fantastic. we've talked about it on here before. It's a great podcast. It's fantastic. Yeah, great podcast. Uh, they're very popular. Um, so my guy was named Richard Chase. He was born Richard Trenton Chase in 1950, uh, to a fairly normal life. He was, you know, abused, sort of, but, like, not really. 1950s, like, dad beat him, but it wasn't, like, it's abused by our standards, but yeah. back then it was like, oh, no. It was, like, a spanking, like, with belts and stuff? Yeah, he was, was a little bit strict. Okay. Um, outside of that, it was, it was not that bad. Uh, he was an oddball. A little bit of weirdo. He was, uh, uh, he met the McDonald Triad, which I know we spoke about earlier, but that is the, again, that is the bedwetting, uh, past the age of eight. That is, um, uh, that is arson. Arson and mutilation of animals. Yeah, the arson and mutilation of animals, but also it has like the ideas of, um, also, the whole it's actually past the age of five for bedwetting, but oh, wow. it's uh, if you're a bedwetter past the age of five, and it especially happens if you're scolded by a parent for doing so, mm, yeah. um, you end up being a violent. Those are the violent psychopaths. Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, I can definitely see that the bedwetting yeah. thing, especially from comes from I mean, the like the emotional distress of like constantly being yelled at by. Pe- pe- like you did by people raising you. So yeah, I can, I can definitely okay. He uh, he did. Um, he was really he was popular in high school, which was surprising. Which was surprising to me because he was wiry. He had a high pitched voice, and uh, he didn't take care of his hygiene very well. He was, he he did not take showers, and he did not clean after himself. Um, he was a little he was a little he was a little crazy. Uh, it was known that he was impotent. Um, 
He could not get it up. Known uh, by like, you just go around telling people, or is this something we learn after the this fact? This is after the fact. Uh, okay. I will say that after he was caught, um, and he did interviews with the FBI, and the FBI actually, uh, he told the FBI everything about him, um, about himself and his crimes. And so a lot of the stuff that we know about him in his early life it's actually from comes words. from his actual okay. words and interviews um, that were, go ahead. I was going to say, we started off with somebody who can get it up. We're going to end with somebody who can get it up. Hell yeah. yeah. And that seems um, like a, again, like Cody said earlier, a very common theme, and especially in some of these so serial killers. So, can case. you guess why he's called the Vampire of Sacramento? I could guess real quick. He turned he into a bat. livers. Nope. He definitely probably drank people's blood. He was a blood maniac. Yeah. He loves him some blood. Uh, he thought it was delicious. No, he did not. I don't know if he thought it was delicious or not. Maybe he got used to the flavor of it. But uh, he definitely um, had his bloodlust began uh, in his high school anatomy class where he learns the reason why a penis gets erect and why his doesn't in his mind, was that he didn't have enough blood in his body. Mm. Oh. The man just wanted more blood in his body. He always thought that he didn't have enough blood in his body. Wait, are you telling me this motherfucker started drinking blood because he thought it would go into his blood supply? And so his penis would get hard. Huh. Okay, this anatomy class obviously wasn't very good. <laughs> well, maybe he, he, Obviously, I think he's just a bad student. Uh, or person. It, it seems like nobody could have told him, hey, you don't need to drink. That's not how that works. <laughs> Um, it was around the time when he was in high school, towards the end of high school, he would uh, find he would get animals like stray kittens or dogs, rabbits, uh, puppies, whatever he could get his hands on and start like ripping them apart and drinking their oh blood. Oh my god. What Jesus. the fuck? Um, and, I don't like this guy. You know, we don't know much about his, about his, we don't know, there's not much, at least in the information that I found about his like sexual life but it's thought that he used the blood after it would get he would get hard once he drank the blood because Wait, he, he would he yeah yeah no i was assuming that he him drinking that blood he would think that oh i'm gonna get super hard from this so he so my from my understanding is he had hard he had a hard time getting it up okay therefore he connected blood but in that class he connected blood to erections therefore once he started drinking the blood his mind was able to get it up in that moment Huh. Yeah, it was a weird connection thing that he's thought to have. Again, this is all, I should say, this is 1970s psychology that yeah. we're going off of. So, essentially, so. His, his penis would get hard due to essentially a placebo effect. But basically, yes. Okay. Yes. Oh, it, so it actually got hard? Yeah. No, yeah, he got horny. It's, it's thought that he got horny. Uh, he didn't come out right out and say it, but he, like, hinted at it. I don't know okay, how he hinted yeah. at it, but he supposedly hinted at the fact that, oh, yeah, I got a little whoop, you know. Give me some blood. Bite right a now. kitten's head off. Um... <clears throat> Uh, so he went to college and he had, you know, was, he basically had a crazy college life. Uh, he actually roomed with three girls in college and they said he like, they didn't do anything with him cause he, they never saw him as a threat because he was just a weirdo yeah. and, uh, he would like do a lot of, uh, LSD and, um, he would smoke a lot of pot, uh, so typical college student. Uh, it would, you know, I do want to do ahead and say he did have schizophrenia. He okay. was later be diagnosed with schizophrenia, but as anybody, everyone, you know, knows that schizophrenia and mind altering drugs don't go well together. Mm -hmm. um, and it actually, it's thought that the drugs that he did in the, throughout school again, he was in the seven. This was in the seventies when he was yeah. in school. Uh, so, yeah, and this is like the height of this of stuff. the hippie movement and stuff like that. So it's thought that the drugs that he did cause his schizophrenia to uh, get worse. Um, and he was finally diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, he was diagnosed in 1974 after being institutionalized. Um, so, again, at this point, he's drinking the blood of animals. He has okay. he has rabbits, you know, 
uh, you know, um, and things like that. He would drink the blood of rabbits and cats, whatever he get his hands on. He'd go to the pound. He'd go to puppy mills and be like, yeah, I want that one. It's cute. Oh, wow. And then, like, mm. take it home and literally rip its head off and, and drink its blood. Good God. Okay. Um, he, was a, he was an insane guy. And his parents kind of knew it. His parents knew what he was doing. Uh, but his parents were like, well, he's just... He's, he's quirky. He's quirky. Going through puberty. His mom was like, let's not talk about it. Let's just, you know, let's baby him. You know, let's not really talk about what's going on. And uh, what he would... So after he was diagnosed, uh, his parents realized, we can't really keep him here anymore. He's kind of fucked up. Like, what's the best thing for... Let's put him in his own apartment. So they gave him his own apartment. Uh, and he lived in his own apartment by himself. Um, and this is where he would uh, go to a local. This was where he was known at a local rabbit farm. That was like their favorite customer because he would just come down, buy a fucking cage full of rabbits, and take them home every week. And they're like, we don't care what he's doing with them. He's probably got a pet snake or some shit, you know. Yeah. Uh, but um, he would take these rabbits home and literally just throw them into a blender alive and uh, hit the hit the button and like be fucking jabbing it down with a with a sp- oh. Uh, Trigger warning. Oh, yeah. my God. I was going to say, that's <laughs> fucked. Uh, yeah, this guy's really fucked up. Good yeah. God. So I would recommend either ending the podcast, uh, go go follow us on AYCH uh, if you don't want to listen to any more fucked up shit. <laughs> this dude literally... Podcast 10 minutes ago when Go Cody watch started. her Twitch. We were really funny yeah. on there. He was uh, he he would shove these fuckers into the blender and just bl- blend them up and drink it. And uh, uh, <laughs> one, day his, one day his dad comes home, right? And his, it comes to his apartment because his dad just hung out with him every once in a while. He's like, yeah, let's go play cards. D- dude never bathed, had trash everywhere, but his dad come over and Dad, like, you got to try this new workout shake I've been cooking up. <laughs> it just fucking dumps a, a fucking a, rabbit. <laughs> Half blended. What else is in it? That's it. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, no. Um, he, his dad came over one day and the dude was looking super sickly. Uh, Mr. Vampire was looking... Can't imagine drinking that much rabbit blood is good. <laughs> he was looking really sickly. Interestingly enough, he never got sick from drinking the rabbit blood. He never got sick from drinking any blood. He he somehow survived. Was he, he just like not eating? He was just drinking the blood? I don't really know that. I don't know his eating habits per se. All I know is that there was enough dead rabbits in his home that his dad was like, wow, this is crazy. Uh, <laughs> but didn't... <laughs> He didn't really say anything just, about just a it. Just consumption of raw blood enough wasn't to make him. Yeah, typical mid twenties, yeah, right? Yeah. We all go through the phase. Uh, <laughs> Shit. So I'm not even twenty yet. His dad comes in. He's looking sickly, and he turns to his dad and said, "I think I ate a bad rabbit." And uh, his dad's like, uh, "Okay, let's go to the doctor." So they go to the ER, and they find out that what had happened was um, he had a blood infection, but he didn't get it from eating the rabbit. He got it from injecting the rabbit's blood into his bloodstream. Uh, so he has learned some science. Uh, <laughs> 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 now, well, let me just get to why he injected himself with the blood of okay. this rabbit. Uh, because he, in his schizophrenic mind, um, thought that he ate a bad rabbit, and that bad rabbit, the reason why that rabbit was bad was because it had ate uh, battery acid, and so he believed that this bad rabbit had eaten battery acid, took that battery acid, uh, so he thought, okay, the only way I can counteract this battery acid is by injecting the blood of a good rabbit into him, and uh, because he was afraid that the battery acid was going to eat his stomach up. Yeah, I got a um, lot of questions. Um, <laughs> first off, how the fuck did a rabbit get uh, its hands on battery acid? This is, this is This is the mind of a schizophrenic. Second question. 
No, no further questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and this is where this is where it starts taking a weird, a bad turn. Uh, this is I'll, where. Like I say, if, if this is where it takes the weird turn, I'm fucking scared. December of 1977, right after Christmas time, he. This is where he started his his killing of humans. Mm-hmm. Um, he had been buying guns and started premeditating killing people. Um, he the the animal blood just wasn't doing it for him anymore, according to him, and that he felt like he needed to go a little bit farther. Okay. Uh, he his first attempt at murder um, was that he was just walking down the street, pointed his gun uh, at this woman's house, and just shot at her through the window. And the bullet had come through the wall. He had missed the window. The bullet had come through the wall and hit her bun. Her, her hair bun and it, she felt she literally felt the heat of the bullet go past her head oh and God. he had missed and when she looked outside she saw him just running across the yard away from uh, away from the house those uh, kids <laughs> those and she was teenagers. like well, well I never um, <laughs> I, I'm just imagining like I, obviously not a very not a funny situation but I'm just imagining like a perfectly symmetrical like bullet hole in this 19 late 1970s poof on her head and it's just like phew and like smoke is coming out of it it's very yeah, Looney like, Tunes <laughs> it, it, you know the way it described it was pretty Looney Tunes um this is where we get to the this is where we get to the actual kills though you do want to say NSFW you might want to just end the podcast if you're if you're not into this gruesome stuff uh, but the first kill actually attributed to him uh, of an actual human was a guy named Ambrose Griffin um Chase shot him in a drive-by uh, he literally drove by the house and shot at this guy who was getting groceries out of the car. The first shot missed. The second shot hit Ambrose in the chest, and he slumped to the ground and just died. His family, when they first saw it happen, they thought that he was dying of a heart attack, so they weren't looking for a killer. And he had already driven away at the time at, by this point, and so uh, Mr. Griffin had died from a bullet wound to the chest. And so this was, was, was the first kill. I think this kill so he was, just killed this guy for no reason. He just drove by and shot the guy. Okay. Yeah. He he was he. This was him testing the waters, and this is where the schizophrenia, where a lot of people, where this idea of like, okay, he is schizophrenic. Okay, and yes, a lot of his killing came from his schizophrenia, but these were pre- premeditated. Yeah. Like it wasn't just like he in a moment acted on instinct. Uh, it was later found that he had a calendar, and this calendar on the days of the people, on the days that he killed people, it it just said today. Um, on the calendar, but like, it wasn't just like he had written it down po- like post kill. Yeah, I mean, no, very obviously, like, I mean, uh, buying the guns and like, it was right. very obviously premeditated. He stuff. had uh, he had written today for forty more forty one days after he got caught. So it was like for forty one days over the course of like months and years. Okay, um, that he had written today as the day that he was going to kill. Um, so he killed Mister Griffin. Uh, this was on December 29th, and people really didn't know. It was a drive-by shooting, so no one really thought this crazy, you know, blood-drinking dude. Um, he continued on with his life. Uh, he got more puppies, um, and at this point, uh, I should mention that whenever he would, for some reason, and a lot of people speculated it was because they smelled the blood of, like, other, their same species or other animals on him, uh, whenever he would walk around animals... Animals would just start fucking barking at him for no reason. Yeah. So this man was drinking blood. He was pale and wiry. He had sunken in cheeks. He uh, huh, murdering had people. animals freaking the fuck out whenever he walked by. This man was slowly becoming a monster and yeah. kind of spooky to people. Um, now, 
uh, one of the other interesting things about him was uh, one day he went walking down the street, and he was just walking up to people's doors and try to open them. He would just try to open them. Uh, okay. If they were locked, he would walk away and not do anything else. He told the FBI investigator later on that, uh, and again, this is one of the vampire quirks, that um, he the reason why he didn't try anything with people with locked doors was because he felt like he wasn't invited into their home. And uh, so he didn't. As opposed to the people with unlocked doors. Yeah, that, that to <laughs> come him, in, bud. That to him that meant like, oh well, if the door is unlocked, then I can go in. Okay. At one point, he did walk into a couple's home who had their door unlocked. The couple found him just standing in the hallway of their home, staring at them. The couple chased him around the house while he screamed, "I was just taking a shortcut." Uh, he would. They literally Scooby Dooed him around. The, I was about to say this literally sounds like Scooby Doo. <laughs> and he was like, "I was taking a shortcut. I was taking a shortcut." And then bolted out the door. Um, but after he had left, they went walking around the house to see what he had stole. If he because they thought he was just a hippie burglar. Because this was at the time where hippie, the hippie culture had basically turned into burnt out human beings, barely alive. And uh, they went into one room and they found a bag where he had went to go steal their some of their stuff, some of their jewelry. It was real odd. And uh, they went to the baby's room where they found where he had pissed all over the baby's clothes on the dresser and just took a big, massive shit in the baby bed and really don't know why he did it. He just was like, took a big old dump in the baby bed. Sorry, shortcut. Where yeah. was the baby? Uh, well, yeah, was the baby? They had the baby with them. Okay. Like, oh, so, yeah. But this was, he. it's like he walked into the room and was like, I'm pissing in these baby clothes and shitting in the bed. Jesus Christ. Again, this guy was schizophrenic, so his ideas that were going through his head were fucking nuts at this point. Um, Later that same night that he had walked into these people's home, he went into the, he came to the home of uh, Teresa Wallen. Uh, he, this is again, this is, a, this is the violent portion. He shot and killed her, uh, dragged her body to her room, and butchered her body. He basically split her body open and stabbed multiple organs in a particular order. It was in his mental order that he had premeditated. He drank her blood with an old used yogurt cup he found in the trash and shoved dog feces in her mouth that he found in the yard. Uh, he performed a couple of necrophilic acts on a few of his, the stab wounds. And uh, it was later found out that she was six months pregnant, and she was found by her husband. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dude was... So, does it ever go into detail why he stabbed the organs and the uh, order that I, he did? I don't think that there was any... I think it was just whatever his schizophrenia was telling him at the time. Mm. Um, but th- that particular order would then come up later on and would be able to note that he was... Because when you're schizophrenic... Things become symbolic. Um, things there's a lot of symbolage. Uh, it's thought that the reason why he went to this particular home was because the lady had literally just left the store that he was at a few minutes or not a few minutes. Uh, he had saw it driving by, and he didn't follow it or anything. He just was walking through the neighborhood and saw that van. And his brain said, "I saw that van earlier. It's a symbol. I must do this." Okay. Sort of type mentality. Okay. Like that's how he chose this particular home to come into. Um, a few days, a few days later, again, this is, this was about, so the first kill he did was December 29th. This kill was, I think in this kill of this lady was in January of, I think it was the end of January. Okay. So he had some time to drink blood, you know, it's kind of, and the thing is though, he was such a hard on off killer yeah. that he would kill somebody. Re- not, there was no regret as far as we know. 
He just would kill somebody and then go home and watch TV. Yeah. It was nothing to him. Um, but the police did a really good job with this case, by the way. This was one of the first cases where uh, where um, profiling really comes in. Okay. Like the, the actual profiling of a serial killer. This was an important part of, of how he got caught. Um, a few days later, uh, again, spoiler, not spoilers, uh, uh, NSFW, uh, bad shit's about to come go down. This is actually the worst killing uh, moment. Uh, a few days later, he stumbled upon the home of Evelyn Miroth and her six-year-old son and her 22-month-old nephew. So you've got a six-year-old, a a two-year-old, and a twin. I think this lady was about 28, 29. Um, uh, after that, um, So I'm I'm stopping for a moment because I'm trying to put it together. Um, after that, her friend Danny Meredith drove up and walked into her home. He w- he walked into the home. This guy Danny Meredith walked into the home, and so he turned around and shot Danny Meredith in the head, uh, point blank, killing him. He pre- they were preparing to go on a ski trip, so everyone was getting excited for the ski trip. Yeah. And uh, so after that, he went to the bathroom, um, and shot Meredith point blank while she was in the bathtub. Uh, after that, he heard the cries of the t- uh, 22-month-old in the... Um, he heard the... Uh, so, all right, let me start back up. So, first he shot Evelyn in the bath. Okay. Then, her six-year-old son, six-year-old son came running around the corner saying, what the fuck was that? Not You know, not literally. He was like, yeah. what's going on? And he turned around and was like, oh, and shot him in the head. Okay. Then, Danny Meredith walked into the home. He went into there. And shot Danny Meredith in the head point blank. Okay. Then he heard the cries of the 22-month-old from another room. So he walked in there and shot the 22-month-old in the head. He did the same thing to Mer- to Evelyn's body that he did to Teresa Wallen's body. Uh, was stabbing multiple times, leaving the kidneys intact, taking... And this time he brought a bucket with him to drain her blood. And took the blood and the 22-month-old's body back to his apartment where he made a meal and drank the blood and did a lot of different stuff, uh, crazy stuff to this body, this little, this 22 month old's body. And, uh, he was eventually caught. Uh, <laughs> good. he was caught, uh, he was caught because of the profiling techniques. He had been caught earlier. He had been not caught. He had been arrested earlier because he, one time he was caught by police because they found his, his vehicle with blood all in it. And then him, they, they ended up finding him the next to like a river, covered in blood and they arrested him and found out that it was cow blood um that he had he had mutilated a cow somewhere uh but they didn't know who so they couldn't arrest him yeah uh and because you know cows got mutilated by coyotes and wolves all the time so it wasn't a i mean it was a big deal but it wasn't you know major wasn't like oh this dude's killing people but he was eventually caught at his home, and when they walked into his home, they found literally in a mess, co- literally covered in blood. His apartment just had blood from different rabbits and animals and people and just everywhere. Hmm. And uh, he was he was caught. He tried to ch- escape from them, but he wasn't able to. And uh, he was sentenced to death by gas chamber. Hmm. Yeah, in, in the eight, se- in, 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 in nineteen eighty. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I did not. Uh, I didn't think so either. Didn't know that was. A thing. I didn't know that either. Uh, but he would never see the gas chamber because he ended up killing himself um, using the prescribed antidepressants because his his inmates that were in his cell with him 
were so fucking terrified of him uh-huh. that they just encouraged him to kill himself. Okay. They were like, please kill yourself because we are scared of you. Uh, and so he was like, okay, and he ended up killing himself. Um, it was later found out that one of the major reasons why he did this was he was using the human blood to counteract UFOs that were in his mind. Mm-hmm. He was thinking that UFOs were trying to kill him, and the only way to stay away from them was to, to consume the blood, uh, which is – it went from this erection thing to this in, in this, this in able to get, to get an erection to UFOs to Nazis somehow being involved. Mm. Um, and the dude was just fucking crazy. And he did this all in the... He basically, you know, went 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 insane. And uh, they called him the vampire. When did he uh, kill himself? What year was it? Like, how long was he I in think, jail? I think he was only in jail for, like, six months at most. Okay. I don't remember. He was not in jail very long. He okay. was he was very fucked up. Premeditated. Yeah, all everything of was it. premeditated. And it, despite it being schizophrenia and... He died in jail of an overdose, which was a peaceful death compared to what he... Compared to the fucking gas chamber. He he was a product killer, not a process killer. He did not find pleasure in the... in the process. He... That's the reason why he killed people straight off. Yeah. So, when we... When he was... Yes, he was disgusting killer, but they at least were killed quickly rather than went through the process. Yeah, he's just shooting them. Yeah. It's not like he was... Yeah, he shot, and he shot them in the head, too. Yeah. It wasn't like he shot them. Like he, The one guy he shot in the chest, all the others, I think he killed them right off the... How, how many total did he kill? Uh, it was six or seven. Six, yeah. okay. Um, and that was... He was more of a kind of a hybrid of a spree slash hero killer. Yeah. Spree killers, of course, they kill yeah, he killed, obviously, quickly. four of them at this, one time. Yeah, but he was also a hero killer in the fact that he was premeditated and he yeah. was disturbed in that way. And they found on this calendar that he had dates marked... For yeah. when he wanted to do other killings, each of the killings that happened were marked as today, and then going forward for forty-one more days post that, there was there was uh, forty-one forty-one more days after that where he had put today. If they had not caught him, if they had been incompetent in their ability to um, to do police work, identify this guy, yeah, he would have uh, he would have continued to kill people. Wow. Just bumbling into homes and killing. I just picture him looking like a long-haired, typical hippie. He was. He had medium-haired. Um, he was. Uh, he he was. And I'll show you guys a picture. And of course, Pat will have a picture. But this was his mugshot picture. Uh, he was actually kind of. And I'm showing them right now in the middle of the podcast. But he was definitely. This uh, was the dude that like was. A Manson. Oh, I definitely see like the sunken. Like you can just. See, wow. like the very one side of his yeah. face is very sunken in. From I imagine malnourishment. He looks. Uh, he yeah. He was. He definitely was pale. He was. Yeah. He was lost eyed. He was unkept. crazed. He was disgusting. He was as close to a vampire as you get. Now, there's other diseases that that are in there. Schizophrenia. There was also the disease. Um, there's a vampiric disease. Uh, that's not not in the not in the what is the handbook called that psychologists use? Oh gosh, there's a special handbook that psychologists use, but it's not in there. But it's it is the D, I think it's called the DS five. Is the handbook they use? Uh, it's not in there, um, but it is in um, one of the diseases he had was related to cannibalism, mm-hmm. um, and uh, again impotence. And he did he did have all three. He had all three of the triad, which is important. Which was which is interesting because uh, he did wet the bed. He did uh, he did try to do some arson. He did 
Um, kill he, animals. He did kill animals. Uh, killing a animals. A lot of animals. Yeah, and bedwetting. Like he, it's estimated that he, if he wasn't stopped, he could. He 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 was a messy killer. Mm-hmm. He never tried to cover his tracks. He was just basically killing uh, to satiate that that mindful. Yeah, yeah, and he's lucky the whole time that he was always managed to get away. Like you said before, like he just happened to have. Cow blood on him when they when they caught him that time. Yeah, it, the, the and and that he just and, and that was and again it was building and building and building and building. Yeah, and uh, and there was a lot of people at fault here. There was the system, his psychologist. Uh, after he was he was institutionalized after the cow blood incident, I believe, or no, he was institutionalized after some incident with his parents. And uh, he every time he was institutionalized, his mom would be like, "Oh, I'll bring him home. I'll take care of him." And his oh. doctor was like, "Oh, he's come a long way. Let's let him go." And even though the doctors, other doctors and nurses were like, don't let him go, he would be released into the custody of his mother. His mother would keep him for a few days. He would then do some fucking crazy shit, and she'd be like, well, that's not my problem, and let <laughs> yeah. him go. Um, and his family eventually, in that Christmas particular, he didn't, the thing that made him break that a lot of people believe was that his family started disowning him, his mom and dad, that was putting up with his shenanigans of killing animals and stuff. Uh, they did not let him come home for Christmas that year because... The year of his first killing, the one he did on the 29th? Yeah, that's that's what they're saying that led up to that was because his parents didn't let him come home for Christmas or the holidays because the last time he was home before that was uh, he took the family cat that they had had for years and blew its brains out and literally drank its blood in front of his in front of his mom and like covered himself in the blood and his mom was like uh, yeah I would probably uh, not invite yeah. you back to Christmas uh, too there was yep. there, there was also a little case there was one moment where he had actually uh, killed got a puppy from this couple he had basically in a classified ad um, had got this puppy and uh, ended up calling them back up as he murdered the dog and was like let, and explaining to him exactly what he was doing to the dog and uh, the couple hung up on him and uh, it was real fucked Wow. He was a real fucked up guy. Yeah. Seems like it. Yeah, well, fuck you, Chase. Oof. All right, rank the serial killers. Who's the baddest? <laughs> no. at? Oh, Jesus. Uh, so on that high note. Uh, no, so we, we hope you guys... Uh, In, uh, enjoy, question enjoy, mark? I enjoyed hearing about these people. Well, like, I don't... Uh, well, interesting. I, at least found it interesting. Thing, yeah. uh, I mean, like, there's, there's this whole podcast dedicated to, to murders and, and like real crime. There's obviously some... Something we, we can yeah. get from these stories, yeah. Yeah. whatever it may be. You know, hopefully, you know, you're able to listen to. It. If not, you know, see to you next time. Yeah, uh, we hit the highlights. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we we try not to go in too much detail. So ho- hopefully, uh, some of you were able to stay till the end. And if you were, uh, you get to hear plugs. And first off, I want to plug. Uh, so this Friday, we will be releasing a non-canon file on October the twelfth. It's a <laughs> Total fucking left turn from this podcast. It's a Naruto retrospective <laughs> where we talk about Naruto and Naruto Shippuden and into Boruto a little bit. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we just kind of, if you didn't know, October 10th is Naruto's birthday. So October 12th, we're releasing a fun non-canon file for that. Happy birthday. On October the 11th, Colt and Wenzel will be doing a midnight release stream for Call of Duty Black Ops 4 on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash all you can hear. As long as the internet holds up. As long as the internet holds up, so God willing, uh, they'll be able to do that. And uh, you can find the times and stuff. It will be posted on our Twitter throughout the week. Uh, As always, you can follow us on Twitter at AYCH Podcast. uh, If you're listening to us, thank you. Leave us uh, a like. Leave us a review, a subscription, a rating. All that stuff helps us with all the algorithms that I don't understand. 
uh, with iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, all that fun stuff. So go d- 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 tell us that you like us. We need the validation. Please. Really. For sure. Please. We need it. Please. Please. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, AYCH Podcast. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, you can follow us on twitch.tv slash all you can hear. We've, uh, we just recently streamed Mario Party. Again, we're doing the Black Ops 4 stream. Red Dead comes out at the end of the month. So we'll be doing some Red Dead Redemption 2, some Fallout 76, uh, some Smash. There's a lot of fun stuff coming over there. And as always, you can follow me, Tanner, on Twitter at Tanner1495. I'm Colt. You can follow me on Twitter at ColtD00. Just send me happy animals. Just happy. Living life. Not bleeding. Yeah. Please. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at World of Whimsy, And you can follow my art Instagram at... Fuck. I fucked that up. Yeah, you uh, You can follow... <laughs> I'm so sorry. You can follow my Twitter at uh, Winsy Wilkie. You can follow my art Instagram at World of Whimsy. I'm sorry. Thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. Hey, Winsel. Thank you for being here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Winsel fucking saluted me. <laughs> you can follow... Oh, my name's Cody. Uh, you can follow... Oh, hi, me. Cody. I didn't know you were even here. <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> Uh, I'm still in Richard Chase's world, apparently, in my head. Uh, oh, that's not good. <laughs> you know what? Nova sounds delicious oh right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> Nova's my cat. I'm no, I would never eat him. Only only nibble on him for he's a <laughs> He's a big boy. He was actually very loving last night. Yeah, he yeah. was. I literally came home today, and he did not get off the couch one time. I yeah. was like, hey, what's wrong with you? And he was like, meow. And yeah. I was like, okay. He literally came in Colt's room last night and like rubbed up against all our legs. He was like, all right. Peace. <laughs> it fucking left. Yeah, he was just saying hello. He was like, "What's y'all doing in here?" I don't know. He's he's a good he's a good cat. Everybody everybody love love Nova for it. Say I love Nova right now. One, two, three. I love he's Nova. I was talking about everybody else uh, out in the world. <laughs> Not you I'm just guys. Somebody driving listening. I love Nova. Yeah, everybody yeah, love him. Uh, you can follow me, Cody, at C O D D O C eleven at C O D D O C one one. Not the not the word eleven one one. What uh, um, where can we follow you at? Oh, Twitter and Instagram. Oh, okay. Thinking about making a TikTok. I'm just kidding. I'm never going <laughs> to fuck TikTok. Okay. <laughs> this is Pat. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at John Lost His Name. You can follow my art on Facebook at John Lost His Name Art. Let us know if AYCH should make a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> no, God. I don't What's like up, it. everybody? It's time for the. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, just mind it. It's a visual. Bit. Why do good oh, girls yeah. like bad guys? Oh, I've had this. I, if you are here to the end of the podcast, kind of want to give you a little preview of what we'll be doing. So next week we will be doing uh, the lads make a horror movie. So uh, get ooh. ready for that. That's next week. And, uh, ooh, it's real spooky. Ooh. It's uh, real spooky. And then we have. Okay. <laughs> My voice cracked. Yeah, I was gonna it, do a. Meow. Oh, awesome. y'all just fucking cats at the same time. Um, so yeah, be get ready for that. We have a, uh, and then after that, we'll have two more spooky October episodes for you, and then another non-canon file out for you on the twenty-six, and uh, it's gonna be some good stuff. So thanks for listening. Yeah, get all your bits in, guys. Arigato. Everybody, uh, end it. <laughs>